Hello and welcome back to another episode of Talking Bollocks. It is me again. Yes, hello. It is me, your friendly neighbourhood host. It is Howard H. Smith. Um, hello, welcome to the Bollocast for... Um, what is it? October 2018. Welcome back, bollockers. Hello, new listeners. Um, it's lovely to be in your ears once again. So let's go straight into the inter- intro. My name is Howard Smith. So, oh God, I've left the H out. Better do that again. Don't know my own name. Uh, my name is Howard H. Smith. I am lead singer in UK thrash band Acid Rain. I'm also a stand-up comedian. You can uh, find me as Keith Platt on all socials and website keithplatt.co.uk and acidrain.co.uk. Who uses websites anymore anyone um and uh, i'm also uh, also do stand-up comedy as myself i also do this podcast hello welcome welcome to this podcast bollocast whatever you want to call it it is basically me talking shit for about 20 minutes then an interview then more talking shit uh then an interview and then a little bit of Talking shit, that's right, yes, it's me, talking bollocks actually, why am I saying talking shit, it's talking bollocks, to be absolutely spot on. So, um, as always, what has been going on in the world of metal this month? Well, I am going to start um, with, and I am going to be um, a bit selfish, um, not so much the world of metal, but the world of me. Um, as I talk to you right now, um, I have a nice big... Uh, uh, scar developing on my forehead. I have two black eyes, a busted lip, and I'm waiting for the. Uh, well, I'm do- I'm recording this in the morning because I'm waiting for the police who are going to be coming around in the afternoon to take a statement. So what happened? Uh, some of you may have seen that I placed a picture on social media showing me um, uh, in hospital. That was last weekend. What happened was on Saturday night slash Sunday morning. I was out having a few drinks with a mate. We came out of a pub in the middle of Ealing, London, and um, there was a group of lads across the other side of the road who were uh, letting off fireworks and aiming them at people across the other side of the road, of which I was one. Um, One of these fireworks passed within probably about a foot of me, hit my friend next to me. Um, Now, it hit him on his shoe. He was okay, Um, but um, I ran after them, uh, as did a couple of other people. And I remember, I remember kind of cornering one as he was trying to get away. And unfortunately, that is the last thing I remember. The next thing I remember is waking up on the pavement um, with the police and paramedics around me in a pool of blood. Um, so I don't know what happened. Um, uh, I'm assuming I took quite the kicking. Um, I don't. I, I honestly don't know. I, I must have been hit by something because um, it's really, uh, really bust my head open. Um, so the police took me down to the hospital where the wound on my head was glued up. Spent about three hours with them talking about what happened. But I also need to give a st- an official statement as well, which um, which is why they're coming around later on today. So I'm okay. Um, uh, no long term damage. I've got a uh, got a cut on my head. I've got a. Um, uh, a torn trapezius, which is the one of the muscles that's either side of your neck, so uh, not too much headbanging for me for the next few weeks, and, uh, and I've also got a bruised eye socket, so it kind of hurts when I uh, when I eat. Um, and funnily enough, I had to go back to hospital on um, on Tuesday to be seen by a doctor, and um, she asked me what happened. I told her whole story, and she said, "So what have we learned from that then?" And I kind of sort of looked at her like, "Well," and she said, "Well, not to do things like that." Now, I'm not a hero. But as I said to her, let me put this in, you know, without wanting to sound patronising, but let me put this in terms um, that you can understand. Um, 
you you react in those situations the way you react that's just it's you know it's not it's not it's not a choice and it's not a decision you just do what you do in a situation like that um and um apparently i run towards trouble as opposed to away from it um I, to be honest, these these kids were just wandering around, letting off fireworks, aiming them at people with absolute, complete impunity. And I just thought, I'm not fucking having this. I am not having this. Um, and maybe maybe next time, um, you know, these guys will think twice about, oh, you know, we can get away before the police get there. And one of them will be like, yeah, but it's not the police we've got to worry about because um, people don't take kindly to this kind of shit and they, and they come at you. So I don't know, whatever, you know, I, I, I did what I did. I'm OK, folks. And um, really, that's all the airtime that it's worth. So without further ado, let's get into what's been happening really in the world of metal. And there is only one story to start with. Is it KK Downing constantly gibbering about not being in Judas Priest anymore? No, but I will get to that. Is it is it uh, is it Kiss uh, going on about their uh, their their final tour? No, and I'm not going to get to that because we've had enough kiss over the last few months. Is it anything about the new Megadeth tour? Nope. I'll tell you what it is. And those of you who are aware of this story know what the biggest story is. Happened just a couple of days ago. Manowar guitarist Carl Logan arrested on child pornography charges. Yes, um, Logan 53 was arrested on August 9th in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. August the 9th, by the way, not quite sure why it's taken this long to come out, and charged with six counts of third-degree exploitation of a minor. Um, uh, It goes on to explain what that charge involves. A spokesperson for the Mecklenburg uh, County Sheriff's Office. Mecklenburg. Hey there, it's the Mecklenburg County Sheriff's Office. We got a a problem here. Uh, yet another one. There you go. Put that in the um, in the uh, H bank of accents. Um, told the blast uh, that a warrant was issued back in August for the guitarist arrest, and and he was booked into the local jail. The blast, which was launched last year by former TMZ news editor Mike Walters, was the first to report news of his arrest. Logan's bails was set at thirty five thousand dollars, and he has since uh, bonded out. Um, so, uh, Manowar have since announced a statement since saying he won't be playing um, live with them in the future. Um, I, I mean, it just fucking beggars belief. For me, the main part of the story is this happened on August the 9th, and it's taken an ex TMZ news editor's new venture, The Blast, to, um, uh, well, and apparently to, to, to bring this to everyone's attention. Um, you know, it, this all happened in August. Now, admittedly, it's only Manowar, but fuck me. That's a serious crime. It's a crime that is is it, it's fucking despicable is what it is. It's also not something that you hear of every day in the world of metal. Uh, I mean, I know there was um, a guy in Static X who, um, who, who was done for um, sex with a minor um, and, and thrown out of Static, Static X. But uh, this is just... This is fucking mental. 
absolutely fucking mental. And to be honest, I haven't got a great deal to add. It's not a subject of, it's not really a subject to joke about. There is no comedy there. Um, and I just wanted to bring it to everyone's attention because it seems to have fucking massively flown under the radar. So there you go. Um, it, it, it is what it is. And um, yeah, um, it's fucking despicable. So anyway, moving on, moving on, moving on back to Machine Head. And um, I am sick and fucking tired of people saying Machine Head have split up. And some of you out there, you'll be guilty of this. Oh, yeah, they've split up. Oh, they've split up. Yeah, no, oh, they've split up. Um, and um, and uh, despite the headline reading, Phil Demmel and um, what's his name, the drummer, um, Dave McLean, leaving Machine Head after Farewell Tour. People just go, oh, Farewell Tour, this oh, I've done my research. I'm, I'm not going to read the fucking article. Read the fucking article, you stupid cunts. It says that they are going to leave after Farewell Tour. You click the article and you read about how Rob Flynn and the bass player are going to continue when those two have left the band. But constantly... Constantly, people talking about Machine Head splitting up. Oh, they've split up. Oh, Machine Head are no more. You fucking cocks. The information is right there. Just fucking read it. And Phil Demmel, you know, put out a really classy statement um, about about his future. Um, and you know, and I, I just thought, fucking hell, that's that. You know, that is that's absolute class. That really, uh, that really is. And uh, you know. How many more times do the fucking reading? Is it really that hard? And I know I've mentioned this 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 uh, story before. I'll go through it very quickly again. It's like a dick that I was arguing with on... Um, uh, well, it wasn't arguing with, actually. It was just making him look like the idiot he was. When it was like, oh, um, this is a few years ago. And it was like, oh, uh, you know, what albums are you looking forward to coming out? And, and Blake was like, oh, Sacred so Reich. I was like, yeah, they're not putting out any new material. This is before... Sacred Wright said they were going to be starting working on material. This, you know, this is a few years ago. So no, not happening. They're not putting any new material out. And uh, and he posted a video link to an interview with Phil Rind uh, on YouTube saying, Phil Rind on new Sacred Wright material. So I watched the video. Halfway through, the guy goes, so what's the chances of any new music? And Phil Rind goes, yeah, absolutely none. Uh, not interested. And the guy was using that as his argument to say, oh, yeah, there is going to be a new album. And he hadn't even watched the fucking video. This is the kind of, these are the chimps you gotta deal with. Sorry, that is offensive to fucking chimps. Sorry, chimps. <laughs> glad I'm glad you're okay with that. Cheers. So anyway, um uh what's up next? Oh, yeah, it turns out, yeah, I am gonna mention Kiss again. I've got uh, I should probably look at my notes before I do this. Yes, you should, Howard, you stupid fucking disorganised cunt. Hey, easy. I've had a fucking head injury, you know. Yeah, but come on. It's a fucking... I mean, it wasn't even stitches. It was glue. And you might be on a load of painkillers right now. Oh, good of you to get that in. Well, I'm just looking for a bit of sympathy from the listeners. Oh, sympathy, is it? How about don't run towards getting your head kicked in? There's an idea. Then this takes place without you on fucking painkillers and having to do it in the morning and like a fucking rush job because the pigs are going... Sorry, because the local constabulary are coming around this afternoon. Yeah, that's more like it. You call and pigs, didn't you? You fucking idiot. No need for that. It's disrespectful. They spent three hours in hospital with me on Saturday night and they were fucking sound. Yeah, well, that's lovely. Hope you and your pig mate, sorry, police mates are very happy together. We will be very happy together. Thank you very much. Fuck off, Howard. No, you fuck off, Howard. Oh, fuck you. Anyway, um, I am going to mention Kiss again. So, um, 
This isn't edited. I'm sure you've worked that much out. Um, So, yeah, uh, Kiss (laughs) End of the Road Tour 2019. It's definitely the last tour. Uh, And uh, now all I'm saying is that is all it is. It's the last tour. Now, Paul Stanley says there's going to be no more new music before they call it quits. Yes! Get in! No more Piss Week Radio Rock. Why in the world of metal do we ever, ever mention Kiss? Ever. I've had, I've, I've had meals that have been more metal. I have had tins of soup that have had, that have had more metal. I have, I have bought cotton wool that is more metal than Kiss. Kiss is not metal. Never, we, never will be metal. Don't get me wrong. Inspired some great metal bands. Yeah, but let's not get too excited about bands that inspired other bands who are clearly better. Yeah, I mean, Rush, inspired by Chuck Berry. Yeah, well, I, funnily enough, no Chuck Berry in my collection. Quite a bit of Rush. You know, for fuck's sake, without Kiss, there'd definitely be no Rammstein. Okay, so, so you know, maybe, so, so you know, Kiss have inspired, you know, Anthrax, big Kiss fans, that's brilliant. Scotty and Fan, really inspirational, that's great. Doesn't mean they're any good. Doesn't mean Kiss are any good, okay? I mean, oh, fuck off. Fuck you, Kiss, and people who like Kiss. Anyway, um, moving on. Uh, we've got uh, Megadeth. Ha- <laughs> this is just... Right, I've announced Kegadeth, Craft Beer and Metal Fest. Right, now I have to say, right, that it is getting to the point now where I think Megadeth will do anything as long as they, as long as they can make a pun out of it around, as long as Megadeth can be turned into a pun around it, then, then they're doing it. Yeah, and and that that is that that is quite worrying um, because we you know we we could end up with uh, we could end up with all sorts of fucking rancid shit. Um, it's just a little. I mean, craft beer and metal fest, and given that the main man in Megadeth has said that he has been an alcoholic, he has been hooked on drugs, and he is now sober. I, I'm just not so sure about about all of the all of the alcohol tie-ups. It would appear that um, that his sobriety is is not as important as making money, um, and I, I I'm a little bit uncomfortable with it. I've got to say, you know, we've had we've had the Megadeth wine, um, we've had the Megadeth beer, and now we've got Kegadeth. The craft and metal festival, craft beer and metal festival, craft craft and metal festival. That'd be awesome, wouldn't it? Hey, you can get yourself like a wicker basket with the Metallica logo embroidered on it whilst bands are playing. Um, fucking hell, I hate craft fairs. Fucking horrible, isn't it? Load of tat. You buy it, it goes straight into a fucking charity shop, or rather, you don't buy it because you have taste. Um, anyway, um, yeah, I mean, it, it is just. I, I, I'm yeah, I, I, and it's it's just a long lines of of bands, you know, making shit 
that has their logo on it. And I had to, you know, I I, um, I posted about this um, on the Acid Rain Facebook page um, just this very just this very week about how we were not tying up with um, with anyone, and we weren't making um, we weren't making a, a skateboard or a Christmas jumper or um, or any wine or beer or coffee. And um, and it did get people um, kind of well, it got people uh, engaging. That's for sure, as I as I believe the phrase is. Um, but yeah, it's just it's really I don't know. I, it, unfortunately, and this was the, you know th- this is the point here. Um, unfortunately, with 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 the massive drop in music sales, bands have got to try and make money anywhere they can. And um, so it, you know, I'm afraid. If you don't like it, that's tough, you know, um, because people don't buy music anymore and that's the way it is. So uh, bands have to become more like brands and stick their logos on anything. And that's a shame. Anyway, uh, next up, um, remember Bjorn Larsen of a few months ago's podcast, the uh, BL Metal podcast? Great podcast where um, he uh, he listens to stuff for the first time and comments on it. Um, the last one has just come out in English. He is going back to doing them in Swedish. So, but he has said that if enough people um, make enough noise, he'll do a monthly one in English. Now, I I have made my feelings felt on this at all. Um, if any of you have been, che- I mean, those of you who check out the BL Metal podcast um, will already know this. Those of you of you who haven't got to the um, uh, this month's podcast won't know yet. But anyway, look, if you want some more BL Metal podcast in English. Head on over, BL Metal Podcast on Facebook, find him, um, drop him a message or a comment and just say, hey, dude, be, it'd be really cool to have a, um, uh, a monthly one in English. And, you know, I think that'd be pretty cool. So, um, right, I, I was going to do loads of stuff about KK Downing. I think um, if I get into that now, we're, it, it's, going to be, uh, it's going to be about an hour before the, uh, the first interview. So, um, yeah, I'm going, to, I'm, going to save, I'm going to save KK... Um, for a uh, for for a, a, a little while, and let's get straight into the uh, the first interview. So, the first interview. Let me uh, describe the scene. It is with our old friend Andy Pilkington. Um, now, this came about. There was there wasn't an intention to record a podcast. I ha- I was on a day off from the studio when I was down in Wales. Um, Andy now lives in Gloucestershire. He was about an hour away. So I thought, right, okay. I'm jumping the car, go see Andy. It was, it was in the, it, it was in one of these beautiful days that we had um, in September. Really hot, absolutely gorgeous down there in Wales. Amazing drive out there. Uh, popped in to see him, showed me around all the new house, and then we popped down to the local pub to have a beer, something to eat in the beer garden uh, on this beautiful day. And I just stuck my phone on the uh, uh, on, on the on the table and said, hey, should we, you know, should we have a chat and record it? And he was like, yeah, cool. Um, and, you know, we'd, we'd obviously we'd, we'd been hanging out for a while. So we'd, we'd done all the normal catch up stuff. So we just ended up talking about metal. Um, and um, I know from previous in, uh, interviews I've had on the podcast that you guys have uh, really enjoyed it. So um, we thought, hell, yeah, why not? So um, it starts and then uh, and then stops and then starts again. You'll you'll see what I mean. It'll all become apparent. So this is literally two guys in a beer garden having a chat about metal. This is me and Andy Pilkington uh, from a few weeks ago. 
So I haven't got a mic. I haven't got a separate mic. <laughs> but um, as a look, this, we're actually we've got so much um, got so much peace and quiet here. It doesn't really matter. You're right. Um, so I, this is just surreal at the moment, folks. We are and Andy uh, Pilkington and myself are sat in a beer garden in where. In Trellick. In... Is, that, is that how it's pronounced, though? Well, uh, interestingly, or not, it's the most differently spelled town in the UK. So it's, I spell it T-R-E-L-L-E-C-K, and there's another 23 spellings of it, according to the signs around here. Right. But well, it's Trellick. Right, we're, and we're actually in the beer garden of the Lion Inn, and they've spelled Trellick T-R-E-L-L-E-C-H. Yeah, that's the one. Um, we are in be- gorgeous sunshine. Um, both having a pint of what's this? Uh, nut brown ale. Nut brown. <laughs> All of a sudden, that sounds <laughs> <Cliché> rather rude. <laughs> um, a pint of nut juice. Um, but um, and and Andy's made the, the move from London out to this um, godforsaken shithole. No, I mean it's, it's, it's just stunning. It's beautiful. The sky is blue. Um, the only interference is going to be birds tweeting in the background. I mean, it's just, I can see why you made the move. It's just stunning. It's all right, isn't it? Yeah, it's a bit of a change from London, that's for sure. But, you know. Absolutely. Yeah, we have the internet, so life still goes on. Yes, yeah, it does. And um, uh, having seen your lovely new studio, the the black room, the dark room, (laughs) you made that happen straight away, didn't you? Well, yeah, I had to. No time to stop. Straight back into action. Yeah. And and I spied the uh, the uh, the alien weaponry double album that you yes, got there. Yes, yes, a, a sneer of, of contempt. Well, and no, not so much contempt uh, because I, it, I mean, I'm halfway through the album and I'm f- I'm pretty unimpressed so far. <laughs> um, you know, apart from uh, you know, apart from a number of hackers on the album, I think um, I think. I've yet to hear anything. I've yet to hear a song yet that's really made me go like. Mm. There's, I mean, don't get me wrong. There's some great grooves and there's some great riffs, but I think the arrangements are lacking. Um, I think there's some songs where there's literally it's it it, it 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 just seems that you know they're happy to sit in a groove and do the same thing for way too long. It's interesting because um, because that's pretty much the criticism I read of people who don't get the vibe of Gajira. Right. They, okay. they think it's like, well, it's, it's an interesting, it's an inspiring, it's an emotional, which is the opposite of, of what I get. And I think it's a really great example of, of how emotion sits in music because when I hear Alien Weaponry, I, I don't really look for the ends of tracks and the starts of tracks. I just sort of, I'm usually sat working. So yeah. it's, it's kind of a bit more of a. Oh, so you admit uh, it's background music? Well, all music <laughs> is to me, even yours. When you send me your demos, that's kind of background too. But that, but that's how I've always consumed music. And, and for me, if 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 it works, if I vibe off it, then it, then that's fine. And yeah, I think there's, you know, I, I came across Alien Weaponry when Simon Hall first booked them for Bloodstock, and he told me he'd booked them, so I checked them out. Um, he was really excited about them, but it was kind of before most people were going through the hype of it I guess so I probably wasn't led in any way um, so I enjoyed them for enjoyment's sake and I think yeah which is the way I think it's very it, likely yeah. I'd have been a little bit more dubious about it had I seen the hype before I listened to them because there is a huge amount of hype and I think as I said to you before if they weren't young kids I'd probably be less open to the hype but I like the, the hype because it's, it means these 
kids are just experiencing this amazing buzz. Yeah. They've got this massive opportunity. And but, they, I, but I do like, I do really like And the, the point should be made for those listening who don't know that they are a, a three-piece, that they are Maori New Zealanders. Um, and, and there is, and there is therefore sometimes a, a, a bit of a sepultura feel. Mm-hmm. I get more sepultura and I get more slipknot than I get, mm-hmm. uh, than I get anything else. Yeah. Um, but, um, I, yeah, I just think it, it to me, um, some of the song arrangements just smack of a bit of naivety. Yeah. Um, um, but again, they're not, like I said, you know, that's I think, just the I way think they're it quite sim- simplistic in, in some ways, but I think that's yeah. the nature of the groove and the vibe and the uh, and the sort of tribal feel they go for. Well, we're going to put this on. Put, we're going to put this on pause because um, uh, Andy's wife's just turned up. So we're going to um, we're going to have a beer and get back to you. So picking up where we left off, which was a few hours ago, because <laughs> we've just been ch- You've now got a suntan that you didn't <laughs> yeah. have when we first started talking. I think it's more talking. than a tan. I think it's a singe. Yeah, yeah, it's a burn. Feel the burn. Um, but we've just strayed into conversation about, yeah, about like, you know, when me- when there was just metal. There was just heavy metal. And then and then thrash and kind of hair metal sort of came it's, along almost It's a the conversation that makes every man of our age look like a wanker to every kid half our age. No, but I, actually yeah. it's for a good fucking reasons. Because as you were saying, and I won't speak your words, but no, you right. can't put into words what it was like to be around at that time there, there isn't no. there isn't a description for it no not at all I mean, and and i mean like i said when i when i first got into into metal there was one genre it was called heavy metal and that was it and um and then you know thrash and and, and hair metal came along and 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 yeah and then and then you know the duration of thrash there was then you've got death metal coming about and it's just, all of this is happening at, you know at once but I mean, to, yeah, I mean, I, quite ironically, now that Metallica have just announced dates, you know, two dates, you know, the Etihad Stadium mm. in Twickenham, and to go back all those years and the first time I heard Kill 'Em All, and 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 you don't realise how on the edge that fucking band were. Mm. You know, I'd play Metallica to all my mates, and they'd be like, mm, "Yeah, it's not, it's not metal. No, no, sounds like fucking the same. Too much. No songs." You know, and, and people and people just two years older than me were rejecting it. But it made but I but I was running towards it because I felt it was more representative of what I liked. Because I knew the guys in these bands yeah. were not much older than me. Whereas, you know, e- you know, even at that age, you know, there's still that there was still you know, the main flag bearers of metal were like whether they're metal or not, you know, A C D C, Priest, Sabbath, or who were all who were all Bearing in mind, I'm a teenager, old men to me. Yeah. And then Metallica come out, who look like pretty much not much older than us, and it's like fucking hell. And and given the added boost that my older friends didn't like them, it was like right, okay, this is this is for us. It's interesting because you, know? you know all of this is making me think about how I how I learned my way in metal, and I think the difference for me personally was when I. I, I picked up on metal very young because I've got a lot of older brothers. So I think I was about six when I first tasted ACDC. Um, and at the same time, I also heard Motorhead, Sabbath, you know, probably early Maiden as well. And to me, it was all the same thing, but nothing was coming out. Nothing, none of it was linear. It was all yeah. about what album my brother put on next and what I heard and how I felt about it. And I think the first time... I kind of made any discovery or any sort of 
independent discovery of it was when I hit early teens and me and my friends started listening to music together. And then there was a kind of discourse and a conversation about music. It wasn't just about what I heard in the background in my brother's room. Yeah, it so was, your taste wasn't being handed down yeah, to you. Which, which was great because I, I heard the best music even to date that was ever made. You know, it was, it was Motorhead playing Motorhead. It was, the, it was the best songs. But then I think it was Metallica that I heard and that I discovered with my friends, which was very different metal. Yeah. And that was the first time that I kind of appreciated genre, I suppose. Without anything conscious, it just sounded different to everything else. Yeah. And I think maybe the fact that it was different was more exciting to me. Maybe the fact that it was my independent discovery with friends made it more exciting. And I think when you compare that to the way kids these days or, or young adults consume music, everything is stage by stage by stage. There is none of that discovery of back catalogue everything already exists there's already old people like us talking about it there's already something there because social media gives you all the information all the time you're not surprised by anything anymore so I guess that's why you kind of almost need to find those independent discoveries to and, and you stick to it and you probably go over the top about how much you love that and you hate Metallica because it's old and this is mine and mm, and that's the yeah. difference now you know when, when I was a kid I'd never turn anything down because everything was loud and everything was exciting. Yeah. Whereas now it's already established. People have already had 40 years of it, you yeah. know? So it's kind of, well, you know, do I, do I buy into this or do I want to be my own metal fan, you know, and find my own thing? Well, it, it, it's also, it, it, it kind of cracks me up about the, you know, the whole slagging Metallica off and stuff. And says the man who did like, got a, you know, a two part slagging off of hardwired <laughs> for about six hours. But, um, the thing is that, but they're still around, mm. you know, and and this is what happens to bands. Yeah. You know, and, and yeah, there's, you know, as as Kerry King has said many times, yes, yeah, Slayer are, um, are the ACDC of the big four, you know, they've never done anything different. Um, they're pipe and slippers, mm. you know. Um, but they, but that's they're still not you know immune from it. People slagging them off, saying no. it's not you know that you know there's, no, lot, there's member changes and it's not the same. And then the, oh Megadeth, what do you think to Megadeth? Well, I don't know. You know, for me, it's just to, and people just hark back to the golden age and things like that. And 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 it, it, it's like, well, what are bands supposed to do? You know, it, should I should I stop because I'm fifty eight? You know, that's the thing. I get to yeah. this age. Well, I've all right. I've I've oh, I've, I've written, should turn it in. I've written the most important songs and albums of all time. I'm the most influential band of all time. But you know, I am fifty now. Oh yeah, all right. I really still enjoy it, and I think you know this is the the most unique and privileged position to be in. But you know, people are criticising it. Should I stop? Yeah. Oh, fuck off. Well, not what that, sort of but... fucking scope have you got in life if you yeah. think a band doesn't deserve to just fucking keep going? And as long as people are still buying their fucking tickets, they're going to keep doing well, it. Well, at this point, it's far from being about the money. Um, but it, what it is about is about, hang on, I've had this job for 30 years. I don't know how to do anything else. Of I course. still enjoy doing it. Because ultimately, not everyone does do that. You know, I mean, look at a, a, a complete left field comparison, but look at John Deacon, bass mm. player with Queen. Yeah. Retired in 1997. You know, and, and he's more than happy. Fine. You know, so people do do it, but no one's getting forced into it. But it's this, this idea that you, if you thought about it, what you're suggesting is Metallica should retire. They should sit and do nothing just because they've got the money to do nothing. Is that really what you believe about life? Because I don't think that's what you're saying most of the time. It's only when it comes to Metallica that you're you're talking in that way. Yeah. Generally speaking, you're saying 
music is the most important thing. Yet because it's Metallica, because there is money involved, because they don't have to struggle, it's like your whole belief system is flipped on its head. And that's where I struggle, yep. where, pe where people will literally argue the opposite of what they normally argue because it's a band, a certain band, a specific band. Well, there's, all, there's, there's, there's two other points as well. And this, the, the, the whole ticket price thing. Mm. Okay. Now for me, um, you can rant and rave all day about that, but a, it will sell out. Yeah. So that is the price point, whether you think it's right. And if it prices you out, I understand your anger, but has it really priced you out? Could you, could you actually save or mm. are you just not going because of righteous indignation yeah. that it's a hundred pound a ticket? Now but, I work now I'm, I'm not going to go. Um, I'm not going because they're going to play songs of hardwired and I can't stand that. Album. <laughs> um, and I, and, and so yeah, I'm not interested, but, um, that is their that is their their ticket price. That is what they have found they can charge and sell out. Now the point is that this is a knock-on effect of where the music business is. If they were still and you know, people might say this is bullshit, but I firmly believe if Metallica was still selling millions and millions of CDs and vinyl, it wouldn't be a hundred pound a fucking ticket. It'd yeah. be sixty pound a ticket, but I'm afraid this is where we are, folks. This Ooh. is the business. This is the price of doing business. Who decided to buy or who decided then, not to buy? And then other was people, the and then other the people will say, "Yeah, but Maiden only charged sixty-five, and that's Maiden's price point." Yeah, and Metallica's is a hundred because Metallica are the biggest fucking metal band there's ever been, mm -hmm. and Maiden aren't. And that is, that, that is that is just how it is. That's and commerce. Old, that old is Steve the Harris way life crash. is. Steve could crash over his mum's because he's English, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Save a few quid. <laughs> but it is, that's just, that, that, that is the way the life is. But the way the I see it, is, people you know? talk about, you know, and I've had this, this quoted at me this week, and, and I, I will admit to my shame that I've argued Metallica this week just to poke and prod because it's been funny, because it brings out some fucking simpletons. And it's funny just to hear the lack of argument among some people. <clears throat> but, to hear some people say it's <clears throat> it's the death of the music industry that it's proof that the music industry is dead it's broken because someone can charge 100 pounds it's like no you seem to forget industry it's the opposite is business business what does business mean yeah. all that comes down to is viability if you are selling 10,000 tickets 20,000 tickets 100 pounds and they all sell out that is as pretty close to proof as you can get in terms of business viability yeah it is viable therefore any argument you have is subjective and even on a subjective basis it's pretty fucking weak because what are you going to argue all right you can't afford it okay but it's a luxury all music is a luxury none of it's yeah. an entitlement yeah so what are you arguing well i could see 20 unsigned bands for that i'll tell you what go and see one unsigned band you don't have to break the bank and you're getting great music because you're telling me Unsigned music's just as good. But that's, so but that's also an argument used by people who don't go and see unsigned bands. Of course it is. You know. Well, that's what we know. And that's where yeah. my poking and prodding and, and having a bit of a laugh at people comes from. Because it's like, great. So that, well, that means the unsigned industry is safe. Because yeah, the yeah, 100,000 yeah. people I've just heard complaining, all times 20, because there's all 20 bands you're going to go and see. Well, that means yeah, they're all going to they're all gonna have full gigs now instead of the empty ones. But, but also, if, if you are... If you are uh, you know, I use that term again, righteous indignation and that, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not paying that. Mm. And that is your right. Yeah. And it's their right to charge a hundred quid. But it's your right to not pay a hundred quid. But this is where quid. I love bringing out the analogies you know? and the examples. It's like, okay, I need a car. 
Right, do you need a car or do you want a car? How much do you earn? Okay, I need a car. All right, secondhand Vauxhall Astra, couple of grand, great. Job done, that's what I need. Yeah, but I'd like a BMW. Okay, go and buy it. Do you yeah. go through the same process? Do you have to basically, does someone else can come and look at your finances and break it down on what you should and shouldn't be doing? You've made a choice. You don't need a more expensive car, but you quite like it. It's exactly the same with the gigs. Do I need to go and see Metallica? Well, no, I'd like to because yeah. I'd like to see Metallica. Why don't you go and see 20 and sign band? Because it's Metallica I fancy seeing. Yeah. And actually, I've just been to see five this year of the local band, so that's okay, isn't it? But people have to compartmentalise it and put it into this bracket of right and wrong. It's like, no, well, what, you go or you don't. You want to or you don't. It's value or it's not. It's really fucking simple. Well, what makes me laugh as well is where that righteous indignation comes from is, is where people feel like they're being victimised, like they've been singled out yeah. and victimised by Metallica. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, we're going to charge 100 quid so these people can't go you know, or won't go. Well, the, the best just, one, I, the best one I read, yeah. and, I, and I, it was so ridiculous, I didn't really have a response, was the only reason they can charge that price is because it's appealing. They're aiming for the casual fans, the hipsters, and the people who want to boast that they've seen Metallica. And that was a... They that was do a not argument. pay £100, you fucking idiots. They will have <laughs> a stadium... Uh, uh, they'll have a stadium full of hardcore fans that have a stadium full of people who go, I don't care fucking how much it is, it's Metallica, I'm going. Yeah. Simple as that. And, um, not casual, but, but, but because Metallica are in a unique place that they are, do you know what? All those casual fans, hipster fans, uh, the group they've missed out mm. and why they can do it, they will, they will appeal to families. Yeah. It'll be a family day out. That was Metallica. that was my response. Was there yeah. are a lot of people I know who are I my mean, age admittedly now, who an take, expensive yeah. family day out, but, but but there are people like our, our mutual friend Squatter who 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 is who's taken his son, who's now into Metallica, who's really and Paul's really excited because he's sharing his son's interest, and what an amazing thing to be able to do generationally, generationally to take your son to experience what you did in some extent. I hope he knows and, their words. Well, I doubt it. He's a disgrace. He'll take he'll take writing credits knowing him. <laughs> <coughs> Sorry, Paul. But you know, the, but he I know so it. many people who are doing that. You know, they're they're, they're taking their friends uh, to, um, to to gigs to to experience the same sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean it's um it's it's a beautiful thing when um uh, when we get people turning up, you know, and saying, oh, it's his first it's his first acid rain show, you know, and it's just like that does my head in. Yeah, you know, I first saw you. When I was, well, I was introduced to, um, this guy came up to me and he goes, um, it was at Manchester, um, yeah, Manchester Rebellion, December last year. This guy came up to me and he goes, um, he goes, oh, I've, um, I brought my son, it's the first time he's seen you. I was like, oh, great. And he introduced him and he was about a foot and a half taller than me. <laughs> and he goes, he's, he's, uh, he's 17. I was just like, this is just mad. Thanks. Thanks a lot. Thank you. So this is just mad. Um, I just like. I was thinking 17, Jesus. So like we'd split up, we would long split up by the time this dude, mm. you know, was even born. Um, and yeah, that's great. And I know it kindly veered off the hundred pound a ticket thing, but um, coming back to that, um, it will be, I mean, I went to see, I went to see him at Wembley stadium, I think 2008, something like that. And the, the lineup was just for not, you know, it was him, not my thing. Um, Machine Head, mm. I think there was somebody else on as well. You know, it's yeah. like, there is a... Yeah, it was a you know, it's, it's, a, it, it's like you're seeing 
and actually Machine Head didn't play and were replaced by Bullet for My Valentine which is a pretty shit replacement but um, but it was basically you were seeing four headline Ooh. bands you know uh, but the headline is Metallica are charging a hundred pound ticket and it's like well actually you're seeing four headline bands yeah. seeing four headline bands god I can't believe I'm going to do this you see four headline bands that would charge let's say including Metallica charging 30 pound each mm. well that's 120 quid right there yeah and okay so it's not a headline set but you you, you know it, it kind of does actually balance out but the amazing thing this time is the fact that no one's even moaned about Ghost which is very unusual considering well, how uh, dividing they are but the fact that yeah let's assume, I'll, and let's I'll assume that ghost any given day but, of the but week. let's assume that you go to you only go to a gig you want to see which i think should be a, always be the baseline for an argument anyway uh but there are two bands that people pay a lot of money to see and people like yeah so well ghost, they, well, they, ghost yeah. headlined bloodstock yeah. last year yeah so you're getting to see a, they've just played a festival the, headliner. The Albert Hall at 200 quid, which sold out. You know, it's like, okay, well, there's, oh, hang there, on. there's a fan they, base. They played the Albert Hall, yeah. and how much did they charge? It was 200. Uh, well, I know our friend Rog paid 200 yeah. quid. Was, so, yeah, good seats. Um, for me. But, so, but if, but for let's me, all slag Ghost off then. But for me, if it's, if it's something special, then if you get the chance to see them, well, you can see them anywhere you want, but if you also get to see them at the Albert Hall, I mean, yeah, I'd go. I'd go and see my favourite band. That'd be fucking amazing. If Ghost were playing... In my garden, I'd shut the curtains. Well, I'm, yeah. I'm not a fan, but, Actually, but I stood there and watched them with with our friends Roger and Ange at, uh, yeah. at Bloodstock, and I thought they were brilliant. It was a really, really entertaining headline set, and they were funny, and they held everyone's attention. I kind of looking around and seeing what people enjoyed, just Fair trying, enough. just trying to grip onto their vibe, and, and I got it. I think you know, I, yeah. I really enjoyed it. I wouldn't, I wouldn't go and see them independently, but you know, yeah. it's like, well, no, I understand this, and it seems anything though. You like it or you don't. And if you like Metallica, you like Ghost, that 100 quid's fucking great value. It really is, because it's going to be a massive gig. If you've never seen them before, fucking amazing. I'm not going because, you know, I've seen them 18, 20 times, and yeah. I, I feel that's enough. That's fine now, life's different. But, you know, if I hadn't seen them, if I'd only seen them a few times, I'd be there. Absolutely yeah. be there. The people who, who they are just talking out, they're fucking assholes. It's just, it, but it's it's yet another thing to to moan about and um, especially to bash Metallica with, which is quite easy. And I, I've done it, like I said, I've bashed Hardwired and I stand by every word I said. I still. Yeah, but that's an album you don't like, isn't it? As a Metallica like fan, it. then. Yeah. I, I think you, at least you've got a, a point to make. There. But I'm not gonna I'm not gonna bash them out of some misguided principle but if you stood there and argued about the price of the album that would be very different wouldn't it you know, yes i can't believe they're charging 20 quid because this album's terrible in my opinion that's a very different argument to talking subjectively about what you do and don't like about an album by a band who you like you know that's well i've, I've yet to see i've yet to see a metallica genuine metallica flat fan slagging or off. flan no, or flan yeah yeah, yeah um slagging off the ticket price no, no. You know, I, I, as you understand, it, it's just people who are wanting to jump on the bandwagon. Well, you know, you hear well, there's every kind of argument you hear about, you know, bands playing for too long, not having support bands. People are sort of quoting back to when Metallica were good value now, which was the Wherever I May Roam tour, which is brilliant, where they played without a support band for three hours. That would be destroyed now. If they did that now, someone would find a problem with that. So three hours, yeah. no support, not supporting local music. Rah, rah, rah. Although, to be fair, Machine Head, uh, you know, a night with Machine Head are doing a very similar thing. Mm. And that that seems to be uh, not getting slagged off. And people seem to be perfectly fine with that. Yeah. Um, which is interesting that they're pretty much the only band I can think of who's gone out there and done that. It was brilliant at the time for Metallica then. doing it. You know, it's fucking amazing. 
three hours I got to see all those tracks at that point which I had not heard before you know there was never enough time back then right um I'm literally going to have to send here. It's gorgeous, isn't it? Fucking amazing. It's, um, anyway, we're agreeing too much. That's an argument. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. Yeah, it's kind of weird, isn't it? That's what the countryside does to you, mate. Mm. Settled me down, that's for sure. Well, I have to take my hats off to you, hat off to you and say hats, just the hat. Because um, you at Bloodstock managed to do something I didn't, which was see bands. Um, I managed three. <laughs> I, managed, um, I, I managed Priest. Suicidals and um, Exorder. Exorder. Um, did you watch them? Oh yeah, yeah. That's one of my. I thought all that, time. I, I thought they were abs. I, and I'm not an Exorder fan. Don't. Oh okay. I thought they were excellent. They were absolutely outstanding. Great oh, frontman as well. Knows how to talk to an audience. Yeah, Carl, so he's, many he's a legend. They were all brilliant. Their stage presence was classic. Yeah. Also, one of them wearing a Liverpool shirt. Yeah. I thought, was, that through me. Well, I'm a, I'm a massive Victoria fan, always have been, and never seen him. Very narrowly missed seeing him back in the day, and they nearly came over to the UK and didn't. Was that, was that their first UK gig then? I believe so. As far as, I, I wouldn't swear by it, but I'm pretty sure. Wow. Um, but either way, I'm a, I'm a huge, huge fan, um, and it didn't disappoint, because the one thing they've always said, which has always intrigued me, or Kyle has always said, is that they never felt they managed to get on vinyl what they sounded like. Mm. They've never managed to capture it. And I think you genuinely saw that at Bloodstock. They just sounded perfection for me. It was just they did, they, brilliant. They did. So so two of the bands that I saw, we yeah, we, we both saw. Yeah. Because we saw Suicidals as well. Again, um, which was just perfection. Uh, they, I've, I've, the, the, the amazing thing is, is I would probably would pick virtually none of those tracks as my preferred track listing for a gig yes. and, which is the same every yeah. time suicide will play but i never come out disappointed there's just something about them that they can do whatever they want well I, I love them i have to say that um i think uh in spite not because of mike muir um they they had a good gig um <laughs> it, i just i can't be doing with his his um <laughs> his um how can i say moronic uh schoolboy morality Rams. Oh, I, and I fell off a skateboard. I fell off that skateboard, and then my brother brought me. And he said, "Get back on that skateboard." And I got back on that skateboard. And when you fall off a skateboard, you get back on the skateboard. Because when life is, you know, life gives you lemons, you make lemonade. And and then and you do, and you and it was pretty good. That's pretty good. And then the other one was just. But like, it's, it's the way he says it. He's, you don't want to have people. He's, in he's your, peeking out from that bandana. Yeah. And he's a legend. And he can say it. You don't want to have people in your life that just tell you what you want to hear. You want people to tell you what you don't want to hear. That's what's important about life. It's important that you have a brotherhood and. The, you have friends, man. It's like, Mike, you have noticed that you're telling this audience what they want to hear. The are you aware of the, the problem? Is are you aware of this big You're not drunk enough. He, he preaches to the drunk. <laughs> I, 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 do you know what? I was with Cookie and. I love and, it. And I love it. I was Cookie and eight of his friends. And we all met up and, and, we, and I knew I was in trouble at the beginning of the day when they were wearing suicidal shirts, <laughs> suicidal hats, su suicidal yeah. work coats, suicidal... Skateboards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Raincoats. Through the mud. And at the end of the gig, we're back at the campsite and I, and I was going like, yeah, all that. And they all just sat there glaring at me going, fuck off, no. no, no He's just, a fucking legend. He's I a fucking legend. He's totally a god. Get. He's a god. And, uh, I'm of that opinion, but I totally understand what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, and, and and by the way, I really enjoyed the. He's game. a cliche really of his own the design, game, but but the, but the rambling cliched nonsense that it was just really yeah, and you and you you take tab A and you put it in tab B, and that's how things work. 
which is basically what he may, may as well yeah. have said. So the penis goes into the vagina, and then <laughs> sperm is injected into the vagina. The sperm reaches the, reaches and fertilizes the egg, and that's how a human being is made. Yeah. Oh, Mike, you're such a god. Wow, this is such prophetic genius. I'm, I'm taking it Mike's not on the interview list. Then. Anytime soon. <laughs> I've heard his interviews. They're painful. But the thing is, he, for me, for me, it's just kind of this riffing of lyrics. It's like he's just carrying on the song goes through. I mean, he rambles. It's, it's, it's mental. But the weird thing is the nature of the fan as well. It. I just know there's people going to be listening to this going, this is fucking, it's just sacrilegious. Oh, this yeah, is blasphemy. Yeah. They're going to be like Michael. punching the speakers or their own ears if they're wearing headphones. Oh, no. Yeah. H, you're such a cunt. Totally, totally he's so much it. better it than you. It, you it's, it is, it's kind of very, uh, very basic, but. I love it. It just works. It, it totally captures the, the spirit of the people standing um, in front of him. But I, I can absolutely uh, dial into that. Um, the set list might not have been what you would have no, wanted it to is. be. Um, I mean, Clap Like Ozzy, I just think is an embarrassment. Mm. I mean, that's a song that should not have made it onto an album, no. never mind ever been played live. But... Uh, they, I mean, they, you know, they played, they played a couple of songs, if I'm right, off the first album, which, yeah. which for me is an all-time classic. Yeah, they played Pleasure um, Allegiance, which is quality, doesn't get out too often, which is a, an all-time hardcore fans' favourite. And there was a Dave, there was also, there was also a Dave Lombardo nod to um, uh, um, Angel of Death, yeah. which was brilliant. Well, we saw them headline. I don't, don't know if you were there. Their the, the headline gig in London. No, I didn't go to that one. No. That, I was at the great, previous one, which was an extended version of that. Um, and we managed to get on the stage invasion twice, which uh, was, which was good fun just to get to see Dave and Mike up close. But, but I, I do I do think that um, some of the songs were overextended, um, yeah. and um, one that st that's the pleasure yeah, of yeah, yeah. yeah that went on just way too long. Yeah. It's very much for the fans. I mean, they they do really. There's only so they, many they, so many times you can say st though. Well, for you, <laughs> but if you're the fan, you just you just get off get off on it, and and he he sucks in all the people who are there waiting for it, and, and yeah, he vibes yeah. off it, and and they absolutely love it, and and I admit I was one of them. I totally see everything you're saying, and you're completely right. But but, I, but and, and, and I think yeah, any, yeah, any, other, you know any other band, I'd be in your shoes. No, no, but you know what. I really enjoyed yeah. it. I mean, I can sit here and you know and, and pick holes, but, but they, uh, which makes it which makes it an even better performance because I am aware of all of this. Yeah, but yeah. I still really enjoyed it, and I did shout "st" until I was hooked. Um, so you know, but maybe, liberated maybe, yourself. I was like, yeah, maybe I should shut the fuck up. Uh, maybe <laughs> I'm actually having a go at myself here. It was one of those lucky accidents, um, though. The fact that they they weren't due to play in in the Sophie stage and ended up having to because they were late. Is... And that was and that, and I think that was a much better gig. Yeah, well, I think. Uh, I think everybody realised that when it was kicking off. Yeah, yeah, without perfect. a doubt. It was one of those perfect accident moments, wasn't it? It was amazing. So did you did you see Priest? Yep. Thoughts? Are you a Priest fan to start I'm, with? I, I am a Priest yeah. fan. I'm not a raver. I, I, I don't mean that with any uh, homosexual connotations. Um, I'm, not, I'm not someone who really loves Priest, but I love yeah. what they are and I really like them. I've always listened to them, always enjoyed the music. Um, I've only ever seen them at festivals, though, um, and I, I thought they were great. I don't think I got particularly excited, but I yeah. thought they were really good, really enjoyable. Yeah, I, I, the set list I found a bit disappointing, and the first, the first song that I actually recognised, I was like, I was like, oh, oh yeah, I recognise. Oh fuck me, it's Turbo Lover. Oh god, <laughs> oh dear. No, um, I, I knew all the songs. Uh, but no, I, I don't know. I don't think they're ever really... Richie Faulkner, though, bloody hell. That's amazing. I mean, if ever... we were, I mean, Seriously, there was nine guys sat, it sat, around, um, sat around in a tent that night talking about 
Uh, I tell you what, that because most were Welsh, but we were all saying, I tell you what, that, if I that were a guy, woman, that guy knows how, that guy knows how to fuck a guitar. I suck I mean? him off. I mean, what a fucking what a just a present. But the the the, the just the way he manoeuvres that guitar. The, the way I see just Richie Faulkner is, brilliant. you look at him and you think. There is everything he does that would make you fucking hate him. Yes. He's, yeah, yeah, absolutely. He looks yeah. like he's posing, a posing, posing egotistical, yeah. fucking swishy-haired wanker. And then you think, no, I don't. I think he is fucking brilliant. brilliant. Yeah. And he can do it because he's that talented and he's yeah. funny and he's charismatic. But, uh, but, also, he's he's, but also you can clearly see that he's not doing it. No. Going, oh, look at me. No, he's not. Look at me. No, really. He's isn't. clearly doing it and loving it and he's doing it for you. He's, he's not showing part, off. No, he's part of Judas Priest. He's showing it. He's doing it for it's like you. Every five seconds, you know? it's that eye connection. Whether, you know, it's the yeah, classic and thing. Yeah, the old devil it, hall, devil He's looking at someone in the crowd going, you know, nodding at someone and whether he is or not, who knows, but it's that classic, I'm with you, the crowd, and he's part of it, totally yeah. just buzzing off people. And he's, he's fucking brilliant and he's so talented. It's so funny to hear. Uh, I don't know if you've seen any of, of KK Downing trying to come back at him in the press. Well, that, that is something that may may have I may have already covered in the in the podcast because I think the latest the latest is I don't know if KK was was unhappy with the amount of press he was getting it, so he's decided to fucking drag Andy Sneap into yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Um, like a, you and Andy Sneap look about as much alike as we do. <laughs> B. Um, are you aware that he's produced the last two albums? Didn't he produce an album with you on it? Yes. I mean, he's you know he's one of the top five metal producers in the world. He's produced at least the last two Judas mm. Priest records. He already knew the songs inside out, and he found out two weeks before the tour started. What part of that is a calculated getting a KK Downing lookalike in? And also the whole notion that somebody could be pissed off that he hasn't been asked back when he left of his own volition yeah. in the first place does my fucking head in. I mean, that's literally like being in a marriage, divorcing her, <laughs> then she marries somebody else and you go, oh, aren't you going to... I'm a bit disappointed you haven't tried to get back together with me. <laughs> we just got divorced. You divorced me, you cunt. Well, the, the, the funniest thing about that to me is, is you actually watch Andy Sneap on stage with them and I don't know quite how he manages it, but he manages to be very much part of it but also very humble and very yeah, slightly, sort of slightly understated reserved yeah, slightly yeah. Understated. really modest and, and, and in a per the perfect balance of okay this isn't my show but I'm here and I'm going to put my bit in and he just finds that balance and that kind of reflects his whole career really in that he's never been someone who stepped forward but everyone knows who he is everyone knows how fucking good he is yeah. just because he's fucking good but also that's think, not the person you pick up to criticize yeah and also, someone who's earned it so fucking like in in a true way no gloss no fucking luck no fame and celebrity just fucking hard work and quality of product you well know? also also i think there's something that hasn't been um that kk hasn't factored in right and that is exactly the point you're playing that you're making about sneep at sneepy's performance um which i noticed as well um it's, he plays the whole set knowing that, K, that, um, that Glenn Tipton is going to come on and yeah. play some songs. Yeah. And it's almost like that whole set is played in reverence yeah. to Glenn, who is right there. Hmm. And then he steps aside and lets Glenn play. So you bring KK back, 
Is KK okay with stepping aside for a few songs at the end for Glenn yeah. or not? And and there's that whole that there's that whole as Alan Partridge would say nest of vipers to to contend with then. But then that's but then that's yeah. you know by creating a solution you've now come up with a problem. You know, and KK's like, well, is he touring or not? Do you know? What the, no, I'm not stepping aside. Maybe he does. Maybe he doesn't. The, in, the interesting thing, and almost the full stop on the conversation, is all the way through the build-up, I didn't hear anyone mention KK. I don't think there's anybody going. No one oh, it's a, a shame KK down. He's not part of it, is he? he? No. People know he was, but he's not a missing component because of what they are. He just. Well, also, I think you know they they said you know the press came out and it was like, look. Glenn's not well enough to do the tour. He's mm. going to play on the He's going to play a few bits on the occasional date, but we're bringing Andy Sneap in, um, and who was personally asked by Glenn to do it. Mm. Yeah. So ultimately, I think when all is said and done, this is this is Glenn's call. Yeah. And I think the band were okay. The band were, you know, the band have gone. Yeah, cool. And Glenn sat uh, Andy down and had a two-hour conversation about it and basically because I know it's because Andy has said this to my face mm. which is you know he looked he's, he sat there and he asked me to do it he said it was it wasn't it wasn't and, and he's like you know is the answer no really <laughs> <laughs> you know he, yeah. he asked me to do it and, and, and told me why he was asking me <clears throat> you know why he thought I was such a good fit and all the rest of it and, and asked me to do it amazing so and, and and then the news comes out, and I do I do not see I do not see the oh it's a real shame KK didn't come back in and doing it I don't I don't see that group online I don't see that argument gaining any traction anywhere other than in KK Downing's house. The fact that no one's even argued back probably says it all, doesn't it? It's like fuck off, insignificant. Well, I mean, pathetic. He. He stopped doing it of his own volition. But also, you know, they, he played a big part. And, you know, they, they, there's a lot of credit and kudos and respect to be had if he didn't act a dickhead. But also... And that's all gone for me. Yeah, man. but also, wasn't his reasoning for leaving Priest in the first place that he'd had enough of touring? I think so. It was something like that, yeah. So, I mean, if I was in Priest, there's a certain amount of, well, he left so he can go fuck himself. Mm-hmm. Because there is, because uh, simple as that. When someone turns around you and tells you they're leaving the band, you can't help but go, it's rejection. Yeah. When you're getting chucked, you know, if you've never been in a band and you listen to this and you want to know what it feels like when somebody leaves a band, it feels like you're getting chucked. Mm. It feels like they're saying, yeah, yeah, they're turning their back and they're walking away from you and they don't want to be involved with you anymore. <laughs> I mean, I think and that's it, probably and, a, and it is rejection. That, that must be. I mean, it's probably a subject you you know a lot more than most about, but that's probably where. The, the fan perspective of reunions versus the reality of reunions is very different in bands. You know, there must always be those kind of very personal reasons alongside the practical reasons why bands change or pan, bands don't come back, you know, when, when things happen. Yeah, it's very rare that rifts like that can ever be healed. Mm. Very rare. And funnily enough, I'm reading a book. I'm actually reading a book about Metallica, about a particular part of their history just between certain years. Yeah. Um, and it's actually from the Black Album coming out up until the end of, up until the 30th anniversary. Yeah. Um, and there's loads of stuff in there about the Big Four and all of the musicians talking about how great it is and oh, fuck all any old rivalries. Everybody's just, it's great, it's wonderful. And yet, again, all of a sudden, 
you know, there's not going to be any more big four shows, and then people mm. come out and say, oh, it's all because of one person, then people are wondering who that person is, yeah. and, and, and all of a sudden there's an old division, even when they've been healed, completely healed, and all played together, <laughs> there's old divisions coming up, and, yeah. and, you know, that's what happens. And, uh, you know, band relationships are so complicated that, yeah, um, if, if, if somebody left, there's just, nah, nah. You ain't coming back. Do you mm. know what I mean? You may, you know, you made your bed, you lie in it. Just because there's now a vacancy doesn't mean you you get first refusal. Or at the very least, you're the one who's making all the fucking reparations and the the effort to make it work again, rather than just sat there complaining about why you weren't asked and but there's a phoned up, you know. But there's a double whammy as well because it's the a there's the rejection the rest of the band still felt, and b the fact that the nominated reason for leaving was touring. Mm. So it's like, well, so so the last so you're touring person, again and you so the last person on you in your mind to ring <laughs> yeah. would be the guy who just left because he hated touring. It's just, it's just not. It's just Dickhead. not going to be. Yeah. yeah, your name's not down. You're not coming on tour. Yeah, pretty simple, isn't it? That is a full stop to it all. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> but funnily enough, do you know what? I was just looking at darn our arms, quite similar. In, in, Look, no, the fact that we've got this sort of. We've got a similar amount of freckles. We're similarly not that hairy. This is what the fans want to but hear. Absolutely. This is this makes great radio. This makes great radio. We should our point arms. out at this point that we are stripped to our underpants. Yeah, I tell you what, we should take a picture of our our arms. And our, We've both got fairly la- ladylike arms, to be fair. Well, yeah, you might say that. I, but yeah, but I've got these. I've got these crusty old hands. You see, uh, I've done. I, you see, I'm calloused and I've done work. You'd be amazing. What's been in You've these got hands. keyboard hands. <laughs> <laughs> got, uh, um, but uh, and obviously we saw the um, studio earlier, and and work is piling in, and you're turning it away by the bucketful, and I am, which is horrible because I yeah I'm only doing this because I want to work with, with bands. So to say no when when a band would like to work with me is kind of feels counterproductive. Yeah, yeah unless, you, unless you're not bothered about that band though. Well, or you think they're shit. I, it's funny because when I first started, I thought I won't ever work with a band I don't really enjoy the music of, but there are real positives to doing that now you know i've worked with a couple who i thought no they are actually it's not subjective they're shit <laughs> you know there, there are a couple but yeah. considering how many i've worked with that it's so rare you know and, and that's normally been down just to technical things you know they, they actually can't play to a beat but even with bands i i don't really sort of gel with the music there, there's always positives and and it's kind of I'm, I'm finding gratification out of working with bands i wouldn't normally choose these days so if anyone comes to me, you know, that's that's already a, a really nice place to be, that they've seen my work and like me. So to say no kind of feels a little bit wrong. So I always try and try and fit people in, you know, and try and make spaces for people because, yeah, just doing what I do is kind of a, a massive privilege. Not many people are lucky enough to be able to do what they want to do every morning when they wake up. And, and I can. And it's not really hard work. Do you do it? So do you do? Do you kind of do Monday to Friday? Is that kind I of do, thing? Yeah. I do. Yeah. I will never work weekends. Occasionally, there are a couple of emergency bits and pieces I need to do. But my rule is that family's first. That the whole reason for working for myself and going through a career where I've had to work, you know, shit hours, sixty, seventy hours straight on occasion. You know, literally. Um, I always said when I get to do what I want, I'm not going to work weekends. That's strictly for kids and my family. And I'm trying now, we've moved to change lifestyle and to, to try and switch off at six o'clock. 
So I'm working a sort of, you know, nine to six rather than nine to nine. That was quite interesting because you said, I'm, um, I'm not going to work weekends, that's for kids. And it's made it sound like you're putting your kids to work <laughs> at the weekend. Uh, get like, out there. Yeah. Album cover. Yeah. We've, get, we've, we've got thrush to produce. No, no, get, up that, get up that fucking chimney. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so it's as much as I love what I do, it, the, the, the double-edged sword is that it's very easy for me to work all the hours and not realize because I love it. Yeah. You know, if, if I get to, if I'm in a position where I'm working at midnight on a job I like, I don't feel tired. I don't feel like I need to stop. Yeah. So I need to realize that, you know, I'm, I'm missing out on other things in life. So I'm trying to bring it down to a, to a point where I'm working more sociable hours for my family. And that means having to turn work down, but I'm in a privileged position where, you know, I've got long lead times and lots of bookings in, so I can do that. Have you ever done it the other way around where you've approached bands other than ourselves, where you've gone like, look, I'd really, I'd really like to do this. Or you've approached uh, a label a and said, look, it is, it, I know you've got these lot. I've done that a couple of times and it, it's never worked. Um, ah, well, it has. We let you. Well, <laughs> well, you're not with anyone that matters, though. <laughs> True. True. Well, but yeah, but, the, but the fact that we knew each other is kind of, it well, didn't feel like that, a cold well, call. Well, the as fact such. that it was a five minute conversation, if that, yeah. five minutes is being generous. I'll, I'll do, that that yeah, was kind of easy. I'll do, I'll, do your, uh, I'll do the cover art if you like. Yeah, cool. I can do your lyric video as well if you want. Okay, <laughs> that was it. Do you know what? Somebody asked me um, in an interview. They said, um, "They said uh, so." Um, the man who became himself said, "Yeah." Said the lyric video. I was like, "Oh yeah, yeah." And they said, "Yeah, it's really good." I said, "Yeah, it's great." I mean, you know, fucking love it. And they're like, "Yeah, yeah, it was, it was wonderful." But I, I just have to say, you're a very, very live band, and I was surprised that it wasn't a live video. Mm. Um, you know, what what was the thinking in behind going with a lyric video? Free. And, and I said, well, <laughs> And he said he does one for free. It's like, what was the thinking? With the, the lack thing? of thinking, it's like thinking. nothing to think about. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, but absolutely right. But but that's probably where you know linking into more seriously linking into why it doesn't work. Me approaching people. I've been to a couple of bands like, uh, I, you know, I I, de I one of my aims is to work with Anthrax, and they do have a lot of lyric videos, and they're all fucking shit. <laughs> and and I would do them for free, and I and I know I would do. I don't need an ego to say I'd do them better. A lot of people around would do them better. There are a few bands that I've approached, and I've not really managed to get the the communication through. Like a uh, uh, gruesome, who are like the, the 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 band who've taken on Death's mantle and are producing music like Death, as in Chuck Shaldina's Death. Yeah. Um, I tried to approach them through a couple of email addresses I had, saying, you know, if you want me to do anything, I'd like to work for free, and I never heard anything back. Just because for me it would be a, a, a massive deal to work for a band I love. Have you thought of Have you thought of um, actually taking an Anthrax song that you like, doing the lyric yeah. video, and sending that off and going? Yeah, that's probably the this right way to I do it. This is what I can do. Give me a shout. Yeah, I think that's actually what I need to do. It's just well, I, it comes I, back to finding the well, time to do it. I know, I know at our level the amount of approaches we get. Mm. You know and exactly, it's, and, and it's like, and and it, oh, you know sometimes it's like, hey, we're really cheap, and sometimes it, I'll do it for free. Or and, and whatever, it's but you just get there. And, yeah. But also, it, it, there, there is just a kind of and and it's very it, it's it's quite sad because um, I mean I'll give anybody a chance, but by the same token, um, the way this business works is always, you know, it's 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 recommendation. Mm. It is. Um, you know, it's not what you know; it's who you know. Yeah. It's and and you know, I mean, the amount. Yeah, you you need to you need to maximise every opportunity. If there's a by taking a chance on someone, if there's a risk, you don't maximise that, then it's too big a risk. And I understand all these things. You know, I really do, which is probably why I've never really committed to trying to push things because 
I think I probably know enough people to be able to get in front of the right people. And you're absolutely right. What I need to do is just produce a video. And I, I could get that in front of Scott Ian without too much hassle, I'm sure. And it would probably have the effect. But when it comes down to it, I wake up on a Tuesday morning, the Wednesday morning, and I've got a booking in. Work. And I think, you know, well, I, I need the money, but I've also got a lot of people asking me on a reserve list, if you get any spare space, can, can you yeah. do this for me? And I know how much it's going to mean to them as well that I can work with them. And sometimes it kind of just makes me forget what I really want to achieve in terms of those sort of, you know, higher objectives. It yeah. doesn't really matter. It's kind of those dream things. But, you know, it does come. As we, we had this conversation earlier about people coming to me, like, for example, Dee Snyder and, and people like that. And, and that's how I met Flotsam and Jetsam is, is through word of mouth. Someone recommended me and now I'm their artist, their, their videographer. Um, and I do get the bands I used to love coming to me as well. And it does happen. So I suppose in a way that's more rewarding than me approaching anyone as much as I'd love to get that anthrax video yes if ever for whatever reason five years down the line anthrax came to me it would mean a hell of a lot more so you know I think probably that's at the back of my mind yeah because I'm not an outwardly competitive person but inwardly I am you know there are things I like to achieve for myself and things I get a kick out of that I think I would like to do a certain way and that probably yeah. stops me doing things I could do if I put my mind to and it and setting yourself a goal and achieving yeah. it yeah, because you know, there are you. You're probably the same. There are a lot of contacts I have through the various endeavours I've had within music that I could exploit to to achieve many things that I would probably benefit from or enjoy, but I choose not to because that's not how I'd like to use or exploit the music industry. I kind of like it to let it do its thing. Yeah. And if I'm going to be respected as an artist, which which I'm getting a you know a, a humbling amount of respect for, then let that be for my art, not for my. Uh, pursuit of people yeah not for your networking skills yeah, yeah. And, yeah. I, and I think that probably you know I've not really necessarily thought about it before now but I think that's probably what it comes down to is is it I get a bigger kick out of it when things happen naturally yes yeah no, and that's and that's understandable um, I think it's it's slightly different as a band because you have you, yeah. you have to try and yeah. make things happen um, and and also you know opportunities are so few and far between Absolutely. Um, I mean, I, I totally relate to that because me coming from a band manager point of view where I was, everything I did as a manager, I was learning there and then. I pushed for everything. I mean, I, I was the opposite then. I would I would push and exploit everything yeah. to begin with to try and achieve what I needed to, to get what I needed to. I never wanted to offend anyone. I would never push things too far, but I would absolutely push as hard as I could up to the point of not offending someone yeah. to achieve what I wanted. Well, you've got, you've got to swing for the fences in mm. a band, Yeah, you know. Um, go big or go home and a number of other cliches mm. um, but it is it is and, and also sometimes um, and I know I, I know you fall into this where it's, it's sometimes you get asked to do things and you just say yes and you worry about how you're going to fucking pull it off later yeah yeah definitely but you know this, this kind of comes back to the way I I offer advice to younger bands when I'm asked because I do a little bit of mentoring behind the scenes usually through the clients I work with anyway who realise I've done different things but the best advice I can give people is just to take a step back and stop hassling people you know you, you, we were all in a position we've all seen the posts on Facebook where you know we're being invited to like a band or you know someone's hassling us to listen to music and I understand that you know we've all, we all start there we all do things wrong Yeah. but the best thing you can do as someone who's hungry for success is realise there's a difference between hassling people and getting to know them and allow, like I say with my work, allowing people to come to you for things. 
there's a lot more value in taking a bit more time to get to know someone yeah let them find out what you're about and then basically let them find out what you've got to offer than well, telling them i can offer that even if it's true telling them how good this thing is that you want them to see telling them why they've got to see it and doing it in all the ways that the bad versions of you also do you know it's, it's badgering said. yeah but if you start badgering people if you start um harassing them because i think a lot of people um who, who don't understand how that side of things works they're really passionate about what they do and they think that that passion is the is that is what is what's going to get them to where they're going and um i you know somebody being passionate in your face about what they're doing completely uninvited mm. can be a massively off-putting experience absolutely you know because it disregards um, context and that's the thing you know everybody on facebook whether it's nico mcbrain or the drummer you saw down the pub they both have that same message button on their facebook profile so you have the same opportunity to send them the same words mm -hmm. you can ask them both for the same thing the fact that people don't realize the difference in what you're asking to who you're asking is kind of frightening you know but you can do it so a lot of people just do it yeah that also disregards context in terms of you know i've, I've heard people saying oh fucking promoters never respond to my message i saw they read it because there's a read receipt on facebook yeah what was i doing when i read that i was expecting a really important one from a friend so i've read my messages who's to say i wasn't in the fucking hospital with my child who's having an asthma attack at the time yeah. so i didn't respond to you or on holiday but no, the first or thing on you holiday think to do, yeah. and fucking you know and i've just checked my messages oh it's not important it's just this guy asking me to like his band for the 95th time or if he can have a gig so mm. i'm not going to respond yet the consequence with some people and I've got very specific people in mind who, you know, serial offenders, well then take to Facebook to complain about those people. And before you know it, the people who don't know how things work, just casual fans, think that's the real world. They see these people negatively talking about the way people don't respond and suddenly, yeah, promoters are arseholes. And yeah, it's impossible for people to get a gig because this guy couldn't fucking get a message responded to on Facebook. Yeah. It's like, that's not what's happening. That's just what you're saying. And suddenly everybody believes it's a certain way. And before you know it, the tide's going a certain way with people thinking the music scene's fucked when it's well, not. Well, I saw somebody uh, in a band who you know uh, moaning about promoters and about what a corrupt business it is. Mm. And they must all be getting backhanders because they were not being able to get um, uh, dates where they wanted mm. in the UK, you know. The classic. And, yeah, and I'm sure you know who I mean. And... Um, and, and, and I'm just reading it and thinking, if I'm a promoter and you ever contact me, it's a no. Yeah. Because it's, you do your dirty important. washing in public, you can fuck off. You are trouble. Yeah. Before I've even spoken to you, you're just fucking trouble. Because I could give you a gig, but, but by the looks of your attitude, uh, the towels aren't clean enough, you know, the mm. drinks aren't. Yep. Oh, not enough people have come through the doors and that'll be my fault as well. Not the fact your band's fucking shit and that you're <laughs> and that you know that your your songs are shit your band's shit you hardly ever play nobody knows who the fuck you are you were fucking nothing then you're nothing now um but all you do is blame everybody else but yourself it's all in it's all external yep. never internal and i just think well you know you're you're ab you're totally and utterly destroying and i won't say career because i wouldn't call no. it that but you're, just, you're destroying what you have. Opportunity, yeah. yeah. You're just putting a light to it. Mm -hmm. And 
you know, it, and I've done this so many times. There's, there are so many people I've I've spoken to who, who I, I don't do it anymore, but I used to privately message them, say, look, seriously, calm down. You're you're doing yourself damage. Don't do this. I said, what's happening now is people like me are seeing what you're saying exactly as you've just said, and we're all going, not them. And behind the scenes, the stuff you don't see is someone to say. That guy, it, uh, I've heard some rumblings. He's a bit difficult to work with. Do you know him? Yeah, avoid him. All right, mate. Yeah. Cheers. None of that makes it into public. Yeah. All you see is yeah. everybody saying no to you. What you don't see is the reason why, and it's all stemmed back. And it's back because of the word you. of mouth from that fucking post you put out. Yeah. Where people thought, oh fuck that. Well, I've got ten other bands to choose from, and yes, yeah. there's comp- competition. But you've just made yourself bottom of the list because of what you've done. But the golden, it's not even your music. the golden rule as well is you don't do your dirty washing in public. Huh? You just don't. Or you pick it carefully because there is an opportunity for voicing negativity in context constructively yeah. you know there are issues where you can stimulate debate where you can talk about things without blaming people yeah. there are ways of doing it you know and I'm responsible for doing that in the past but you know I, I do it for, for my own reasons and usually just for entertainment but I like to debate things but you do it constructively and there are problems you can talk about and you can address but when you outwardly make it appear that you are blaming your band's lack of progress on someone else you yeah. look like a joke but what you see in return, the only people who reply to you are your fans who will reply to you no matter what. You could say yeah. anything and they will like your post. Yeah. They will agree with you. They will yeah, and they say, will, oh, who are these people? They will say some name know. and shame, yeah, this, yeah, that. No, 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 and no. you have got this tangible crowd of people who you think are supporting you, which you mistake for the music scene. Whereas everyone who hasn't responded, who has seen that as well, is talking behind the scenes, putting a big cross next to your name yeah. on that application you've just sent in. Yeah. And it's as simple as that. Just well, don't fucking do it. Well, I was just sent a... Um, I was contacted by somebody who is in a band and they had a very bad experience touring a certain part of the world. Mm. And they said, look, would you share this post from our Facebook page? Um, calling out the promoter. He's ripping off bands and all the rest of it. Yeah. And, you know... Um, and, um, and my exact response was, well, look, uh, you know, our social is pretty much all scheduled at the moment with... It's all from the studio because we're recording at the moment. But, mm-hmm. you know... Um, I'll try and squeeze it in. And what that was, was a holding pattern. Um, and I did my research and yeah. I went and I had a look on their, the post on their Facebook page. And then I found, See the, the pro- then I found the promoter yeah. and I looked at his page and, um, there was clearly like there always is two sides to yeah. the story. Now the band were undoubtedly, um, poorly treated mm-hmm. um, and there were bad things that happened but you when you don't know um, the line between what the promoter agreed to and what they thought they were getting mm. and when the two are different and so they say that they've been ripped off or they've been badly done to whereas the promoter saying well I didn't agree to do that in the first place you thought that this meant that but it doesn't mean that yeah you know, so you're slagging me off for not doing something that I didn't agree to do in the first place, and blah, blah. and 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 also the gigs were really poorly attended. That is very easy to blame on the promoter, mm. but by the same token, you're not the biggest band in the world. And it so could I be just else. I just looked in between all of it, and I just said, dude, this is your fight, and I'm not gonna, I'm not, I'm not putting us in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, to be frank, I try and keep the the acid rain page is a positive place you do not see 
stuff up there that is slagging people off. You don't see stuff up there moaning. You don't see, and if any moaning or any of that shit breaks out, that breaks out in comments amongst people, amongst themselves. Yeah. And they can do that as much as they want, but we don't post anything negative and I'm not going to get post start, you know, break that rule and start posting something negative. It's got nothing to do with us. Mm. And a fight that I've got, you know, I haven't got a dog in that fight. Yes, I'm your buddy, but I'm not dragging my entire band into this. Here's my support to, privately. To, to, you help, got it. to help you yeah. out. You know? And also, I just it's like, then it just becomes a you know you know that promoter is talking to other promoters to back him and they're talking mm-hmm. to more bands to back them and it's like well it's just a bun fight and this is between the two of you so figure it out or don't but then a lot of time people have allegiances that they can't avoid you know professionally speaking you have to support people you don't you have to be actively pr- supporting everyone all the time but there are times where you can't show dissent because yeah. you've got two of their bands booked if they're a booker you've got a gig booked with them or something you know there are, there is some interest where maybe you think okay well, what, this what, time I've just got to let things roll well what about that conversation we had earlier yeah. uh, about two major promoters in the UK uh-huh. you know and one doing something and the other saying well hang on you can't yeah. do that because of this and them saying well actually uh, I think you'll find have a look yeah, yeah and, oh shit and, and, and that's that's big promoters top level top level big promoters big bands um, one thinking there was something in the contract that there wasn't and actually so the other going and doing something but the really positive um, thing about that was and unfortunately the only people in that situation, I mean, we won't make it obvious who we talk about, it. the only person who probably went too far was the band. Yeah. In talking about things too specifically, because actually the other parties had stayed fairly quiet about it. Yes. And which is a good thing. And it means you can kind of say, okay, I was wrong and I apologize without looking like a fucking idiot. But, uh, but also. But the band got embroiled in it. Yeah, they did. But also, I have to call it's a dick move what they did. Yeah. That you know, yeah, that was a dick move. Yeah, because that made it go public, uh-huh. and it could have all stayed in house and been ironed out. But what that involved was two people, yeah, banging heads and one going right. I'll but, fix you then. But you, you, you're absolutely right. But it was probably the best situation or the least damaging situation that you could have had given people making things public. Absolutely. I don't know where we were there. We've just we we stopped and taken pints on board. Um, and it is still absolutely stunning. Yeah, I'm right? most definitely sunburned. Mm-hmm. Having uh, sneaked a peek in the toilet mirror, I am yeah. rouge. <laughs> yeah, so we, we, we started this conversation um, and literally you have been sunburned during yeah. the course of it. Because the, fir- the first bit was pre-lunch. So we had a big old lunch with, with your lovely wife as well. And, um, and then it's more, more metal chat um, afterwards. And it's... Um, my skin's tighter than Mick's wallet. Oh, hey, are you listening, Mick? I've probably mentioned not. Him probably not. I can see a message has popped in from him. All oh, right. Yeah, okay. probably not. Maybe in bed still, <laughs> Mick. <laughs> um, so, um, so what's in the works? You got anything that you're particularly excited about? Um, no, nothing. Nothing particularly. Nothing. Um, <clears throat> <coughs> Now you mention it. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I mean, that's kind of spread over time. But yeah, obviously, we, we are working together on uh, the new uh, Astrain artwork. Yes, yes. Is, no, that's great. That'd be fun. But uh, yeah, I mean, that's uh, that's kind of 
coming up soon, but and ongoing and yeah, because there's because it, it well it's the, it's it's those worst of jobs, isn't it? No deadline. Well, it it would be if it weren't someone I liked going through this process with. Right. As as we've discussed, you know, My. off air, so yes. to speak, already we 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 are a, a couple of people who kind of just brainstorm and come up with good ideas, and it works. And I think when it works, then that's the way to keep doing things. Yes. So I think yeah. you know I've I've got time coming up to come up with my ideas. Cheers. Cheers. And then we'll continue to refine and change and improve and and, and, not, and not it'll get better. Yeah, not backwards and forwards. I yeah. think also I think you know I'd like I'm keen to develop a a theme that is capable of um, of holding up, um, a, you know, a, a, well a real kind of theme that is like you know it's not just a cover it's you know it's yeah. it's and it's not just you take the cover and stick it on a t-shirt but also f- you know? f- from my point of view or from our point of view which is relevant to these podcasts you know the third time you've invited me to to talk nonsense now um because you're so indeed. good at it <laughs> we, well, <laughs> Sa- says me i do get through the pines looking at these empty glasses um, yes but ever since we've done this it's always been this this conversation has been based around you playing me the stems and then the demos and the ideas and talking about the album and and actually, you know, our, my understanding of, of, of the where the album's going kind of has sat with the conversations we've had here, you know. Well, so, I, I so would it's say, been, it's been I'd go so far as to say that you are one of only two people outside of the band who have heard every song. That's nice to hear. Very nice. So, um, you know, well if, you weren't, well, if you weren't doing the cover, you wouldn't have heard any. Mm. You know, fuck you. <laughs> um, <laughs> punters fucking hell no, um, no I mean it, it's it's you know it, 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 but I felt it was I felt it was important for this exact reason well as, that, a, yeah, as a result know, my investment in the artwork also, is, isn't a day next week where you've booked me it's yeah I, you know you and, and also I want like, to make it right for those songs but, but also like right from the inception yeah. of the the whole writing I well mean, we've been through two ideas already that we were absolutely certain were right and, and we've probably moved on since yeah you know yeah and that's the way it works so if we'd committed to one or i've just been the artist then we probably have the wrong thing wouldn't we yeah absolutely and that that uh, interview continues on the patreon uh podcast that's right you can get to me on patreon that is howard h smith sorry i've gone about that all wrong it's um www.kidspatreon.com forward slash Howard H. Smith. Subscribe there for $5 a month. And uh, at the uh, at, well, the first Friday of every month, you get a shed load of exclusive content. Um, there's a load of stuff for, uh, going on with Acid Rain. You get a load of content for that. And you get a, um, uh, a bolo cast all of your own. And the rest of that interview will um, uh, continues there, about half an hour of it. Um, so uh, there you go. I'm, I'm not going to make a regular feature of that. I'm not going to chop interviews um uh for you guys uh it's just that with this particular month that's something that i had to do um don't want to go into it too much but um anyway look um i you know i, I don't want to short change you bollockers who aren't tr- interested in uh signing up for patreon i totally understand it's not everyone's thing uh, maybe you just don't like the show that much and that's fine that, that that's cool and I, i'm like i said i'm honestly this is not something that's going to become a regular thing i don't like i said i don't want you guys to feel short um it's just a it's a little bit of a one-off okay i can't say it won't happen again at some point but i'm gonna um, try and make sure that it doesn't okay there you go so, um, 
back to I mean I'm actually I've I've completely uh, not talked about I mean yeah what a great interview I mean that was one of the most enjoyable days I've had this year um Andy is um is great company as you can hear um we agree on a, we agree on a lot of stuff and we disagree on a lot of stuff but we can also agree to disagree on a lot of stuff and I think that's what's most important I know he feels passionately um on on stuff and he'll have his point of view and I'll feel passionately on stuff and I'll have my 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 point of view but we can respect each other's point of view, kids. We don't have to shout each other down and make the other one agree with us. And if they don't, they're a cunt. Um, in other words, it's real life, not social media. Um, so, um, yeah. And um, it's just great to see him. It was, honestly, you can tell there. I mean, we sat in a beer garden and you just don't hear like anything. It's, um, you know, there's no external noise or anything. And it was just an absolutely wonderful, wonderful uh, day in the sun. Beautiful, idyllic um, setting. And uh, that's all I can say. It was just, it was great. Anyway, that's enough of me going on about what a great time I had. Hope you had a great time listening to it. So, yeah, it is back to KK Downing. Um, uh, So, Here we go. This is KK in his own words. No, I'm not able to do it for whatever reason. At least I would have been... uh, uh, Right, this is the tour and he's talking about... He said, said, at least it would have been good for them, as in the fans. They could say... Oh no, for the band. They could say, well, we asked KK because we understand that fans have a voice too. The fans are responsible for our success. The fans have been loyal to us for 40 years. The fans also have a voice and an opinion. But they didn't do that, which I think was wrong. I think that was wrong to do that. But obviously, if I had said, yes, I'll step in and resume my position, then I think that I had a right to do that. Really, because I wasn't able to continue with Glenn towards the end. Now... What can I say? Right. This this whole thing, you can see what he's trying to do. He's trying to say, oh, fans, it's all about you. Oh, you know, I, I, you know, I think the fans have been cheated out of me. Being... It's, it's pretty transparent what he's trying to do. Um, and it's absolute bollocks, right? I, complete, really? No, the fans don't have a say. Yes, the fans are responsible for the success. Yes, they've been loyal for 40 years. But no, the fans also have a voice and an opinion. Yes, they have a voice and an opinion, but they're not in the band. You don't, you, you do not do things like that for the fans. You don't, oh, hey, fa- fans, who do you think should be our next member? The band have got to live with each other for months on end on the road. And it's quite clear that they don't get on anymore. Why would they ask you, KK, to do the fucking tour? Get it out your fucking head, will you? And it's just... And then... I mean, it's just bullshit, isn't it? It's like, oh, yeah, the fans... I mean, it, trying to use the fans as a, as a hammer to, with which to beat the band is absolutely rubbish, right? And then he goes on to talk about this a little, a, a little later in the... Um, uh, uh, in the month. He says, um, the first time he left, he as previously described as he wrote a graceful exit note implying a smooth retirement from music, um, uh, whilst the second was angrier, laying out all the fr- uh, uh, frustrations with specific parties. 
He explained, originally my thoughts were, something strange is happening to me and I don't like how it feels. But I, uh, but I could feel that like I was going to pick up uh, the phone or I was going to do something rash. So I sat down, put pen to paper and actually wrote a gracious resignation letter. I did use the word retirement and I said I was retiring from the business and I wanted to keep the peace and not to, and not burn any bridges. I wanted to do all of that uh, and I did. I was consistent with my personality. I did that. I thought that obviously... I'm a part, I'm still a director of the company, I'm still involved. I thought I'm going to have to speak to these people and deal with them. So I thought this is the way to do it. Um, I will be out. If somebody wants it, they they can have it. Fine, it's yours, I'm going. So I did that. But as soon as it was announced to press, I was out. A spark was lit and I just went over the edge and I sent a second letter saying, please ignore my original leaving letter. And I sent it the second letter and it was a bit more to the point, shall we say, it was a bit more of a fuck off letter. And that was it. That was me quitting. I went against my grain and my normal personality. No, you didn't go against the grain of your normal personality. That's who you are. So basically what he's saying is he retired and he was kept gracious. And then all of a sudden, when it was made public... He, he threw his toys out the pram is what he's saying. He threw his toys out the pram. This is a guy that previously in the month was saying, oh, you know, that, that you know they should have really asked me and it would have been nice for the fans. And then he's basically saying he wrote a letter telling them to fuck off. Is it any fucking wonder they didn't ask you, you stupid old bastard? Honestly, it's fucking pathetic. And, I I mean, the guy has got a book to sell. And he is fucking... I tell you, he is fucking selling it. He In fact, oh, I'm not mentioning it again. I've just realised I'm advertising his fucking book. You dickhead, Howard. I just fucking slammed my hand into my forehead in frustration and smacked myself on my fucking cut. And it fucking hurts, you stupid... What? Oh, two acts of complete uh, twattishness. Just head uh, absolutely hard on the heels of one another. Firstly, advertising KK's book. I've fallen into that trap. Secondly, smacking myself in the head whilst, uh, honestly, it's a wonder anybody fucking listens to this. Just listening to one man disintegrate over nothing. (laughs) Absolutely pathetic. Oh, for fuck's sake. But, but look, aside from KK, there's lots of people who aren't in bands, ex-members talking about old bands they used to be in all the time. Fucking Ace Freely's at it, KK's at it, Sebastian Bach's at it. Even fucking Dave Lombardo came out with a classic. He, he claimed that uh, Jeff would have kept Slayer going if he were alive. Really? That is despite Dave and other members previously saying that Jeff's uh, Jeff's playing wasn't up to scratch anymore. And um, uh, I, 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 so I, you know, I'm not that that is that is a contradiction for a start. And I just think I do think that's really I don't know. I think that's a comment made in bad taste by uh, by Lombardo saying that, oh, oh, yeah, you know, Jeff would have kept it going. It's it, I don't know. It's kind of like it's almost having a pop at at the current band and it's quite clear Jeff wouldn't have kept it going because without Tom Araya there is no Slayer you cannot carry on without the voice of Slayer the voice of Slayer for fucking 40 years no I'm sorry there is no carrying on so no I don't think Jeff would have carried it on Dave but you knew him better you knew him better so apparently that get, that means it's okay for Dave Lombardo to say fucking stupid shit like that but you know hey there you go um, anyway um, 
And oh, uh, the 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 Ronnie D, the ongoing Ronnie Dio hologram saga, and um, who who um, who chipped in this in this month? Howard was it Wendy Dio again? No. Was it uh, Claude Schnell again? No. Was it Craig Goldie again? No. What have they all got in common, Howard? Well, one was uh, Dio's wife, and two of them played in the band. Was it Vivian Campbell, who was also played in the band with him? No. Was it Vinnie Appersey, who also played in the band with him? No. Oh, come on then. Who was it? Oh, I'll tell you what, who it was. It was that heavy metal titan, Tim Ripper Owens. You know, the guy who said he's going to record the two Judas Priest albums he did again because people have forgotten about them. Well, believe you and me, Tim, you re-recording them is not going to remind... The only thing that's going to do is remind people of why those albums have been forgotten. But now Tim decides to weigh in on the hologram. And what does he say? He says, oh, I don't understand why people don't like the hologram. Well, yeah, you can imagine, can't you? There is an ego talking. He's already going to uh, he's already going to reanimate the corpses of those two old Judas Priest albums. And the reason why he can't think he can't understand what people's problems is, is he loves the idea of there being a hologram living on after his death of Tim Ripper Owens. Hey, eh? there's an ego completely out of control, isn't there? Oh, yeah. Oh, I, oh yeah. I'll, I'll go on after my death. Oh, definitely. I want to I want to carry on singing after my death. I want I want to be playing gigs after my death. Fucking hell. Give it a fucking rest, will you? Honestly, people talking about bands they used to be in. It's just pathetic. It's all, it's all just, it's just, it's just low class. It really is. There's nobody got any shame anymore. Stop doing your dirty washing in public. Stop it. I mean, on my spoken word shows, right, I do talk about some tensions that we had in Acid Rain. I talk about, you know, breakups that people never heard of and, you know, and and that never came to pass. But I don't I don't mention names. I don't single people out. I tell people, you know, a kind of, you know, roughly what happened, you know, argument on tour or whatever. But I'm not going to delve into who who said what. And in fact, who was involved? I'm just purely going to. uh, just mention it as an aside, but these people are just fucking gobbing off in the press. It, it does my fucking head in. It really does. Just you're not in that band anymore, okay? You're not in that band anymore, so you don't have a say. And I just think it's a really classless thing for Lombardo to say that. Oh, if Jeff was around, he'd have kept Slayer going. I just think that is really fucking low and poor. And it's not. And he doesn't mean it. He's just having a go. He's just trying to get under the skin of the other band members. Because without Tom, no, it's not being kept together. Um, oh, for fuck's sake! I, 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 yeah, I'm getting, I'm getting sucked into that maelstrom now. So anyway, it's time for another interview. Um, now, this next interview um, was conducted with um, none other than Tim, um, who runs. Uh, oh, what is it? Um, <laughs> this is brilliant. Mass Movement, which is a uh, a, a very well known thrash. Um, uh, well, you'll hear thrash, hardcore, um, all all that kind of stuff. Um, he is uh, he's been well, he's been working on it since Tim Cundle. I do apologise, Tim. I was just looking up your uh, your surname there um, on my phone. Um, we are now friends on Facebook, so there you go. <laughs> um, but yeah, Tim's been working on it since um, 1998. 
um, when it was first created. This is uh, this is a proper old school chat about all things old school. You'll hear about how the magazine started out as a magazine, uh, ended up being just digital. So um, so after you've listened to this interview, go and check out Mass Movement. Here is my interview with Tim Cundall uh, from very recently, in fact, last night. Not that that's relevant when you're listening to this, because you could be listening to this years in the future. But, you know, I just thought I'd throw that in there. Tim and I spoke very recently, and here it is. Hello? Hello, is that Tim the Enchanter? It is, mate. How are you? <laughs> I'm, I'm fine, man. How are you? I'm not bad. I'm not bad, brother. Uh, good. So, um, I, I, presume I'm, um, I presume I'm speaking to the um, uh, uh, Bridge End branch of Mass Movement and not the New York branch. Well, it's Florida, mate, but he's he's out of uh, well, he's, he's sort of out, out, out of things at the moment because his house got destroyed by Hurricane Michael. Oh no, man, that is um, that's horrible. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's com- it's completely busted. Uh, oh, lost you. What the hell's happened there? Right, I started, yeah. Oh right, um, uh, sorry. Uh, I, I lost you there. You said house is completely busted, and for some reason the phone. Yeah, no, no, right. uh, Jim, who's, who's our deputy editor who lives in Florida, he lost everything in, in Hurricane Michael. It was just him and his family just lost literally everything. That's terrible. Yeah. That is terrible. Uh, yeah. So, uh, so is that, is everything uh, on you at the moment then? Yeah, yeah. But it, 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 I mean, I'm used to that. Been doing that for twenty years, mate. You know what I mean? <laughs> Carrying. Carrying it all on my fucking shoulders, like so. It's just the way it is, like. So, um, uh, obviously, uh, I, I know Bridgen quite well because I was—I've been there, you know, twice over the last few months, um, finishing up our our new album. Um, well, I, I saw—I saw you last—was uh, it last Christmas or the Christmas before? Ah, oh, right. Okay, what when we played? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, the um, the uh, the the one-off Christmas show. Yes, that's the one. Oh man, oh, yeah. that was that uh, that was awesome. That was, and I mean, Hobos is a is a proper venue. We had a we had a blast. Well, it's, it's you know it's a good place, and it's it's hard to have it in this town. Like you know what I mean? Because we put on shows. Well, I put on shows with a couple of other guys like fifteen to eighteen years ago, and we never had a purpose built venue. You know what I mean? It was all like the football club. We'd bring in stamping ground and buried alive with those kind of bands and free base. And the kids would turn up. Well, they wouldn't turn up. You know, but with hobos, they turn up because the booze is there, and it's a good sound system. It is. I mean, it's it's a it's a it's a great little venue, um, and um, yeah, I mean, uh, and we uh, the promoter is actually a friend of Cookies, our guitarist. So that's how we've ended up playing hobos a couple of times. Um, but it's but yeah, I mean, it's it's been a blast every time, and you know, people people turn out for it, which is great. Well, that was just well, the third time I've seen you, and it was the first time in. I don't know, uh, 80, 88 when you played in Nuclear Assault. Wow, all right, um, you were at St. David's Hall. Yeah, yeah. And then you played with... Uh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, just bear with me a second, because I've, I've got to uh, I've got to reconnect you to my, um, to my speaker. Right, there we go. Right. Yeah, yeah, so... Um, uh, yeah, that was Reanimator, um, ourselves, uh, and obviously, um, yes, yeah, putting Nuclear Assault. That was that was epic because um, that was that was. I remember the night clearly because uh, 
security were beating kids up and uh, Kev stopped yeah. a song and, and wanted to kick their heads in. Didn't you headline the place as well a little bit after that? Because I seem to remember seeing you there playing your own show. No, no, no. We only ever played... In fact, we only ever played Cardiff once. We were supposed to play a second time supporting Exodus, but the venue wasn't open. Right. Um, so, uh, yeah, the venue didn't get the fire certificate on the day. So, um, right. so yeah, we just got, kind of hung around in Cardiff and went for a curry instead. <laughs> Um, there's worse places you could be. Mine, not many, like, but you know, there, there are worse places. But you're, funnily enough, you're the second person to mention to me whether we played um, St David's Hall twice, um, which is. Kind... I, I, I've got a distinct memory that you guys played a headline set there. Oh God, no! I mean, St David's Hall was massive. We were never, we were never big enough. I tell you where we did well. We played Wrexham a couple of times, the Memorial Hall. It might have been that. It might have been that. But because when you play with nuclear salt, they closed all the balconies off, and it was just the stores. Yeah. That show. Um, I just, I just seem to remember you doing the same thing there. By yeah. yourself. And uh, um, the yeah. old thing. Yeah, that's the old. That's the old memory uh, catching up with you there, mate. It's, it's dementia. It is. I swear to God. Something's <laughs> gone wrong anyway. Well, look, we're we're all still around. So, um, so you are you are an, an absolute veteran um, of the scene. Um, uh, yeah, sort of. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I, that's a nice way of saying I'm old. Yes. <laughs> well, look, for, forgive my ignorance, but um, let's go back yeah. to the beginning and and how mass mass movement got started. Right. Um. Jesus, that'd be ninety eight, and I just stopped. Uh, playing in a band because we, you know, usual differences, and uh, and we were much better drinking than we were actually playing music. You know what I mean? So right, okay. We kind of, we kind of figured out we do tons of ways, and um, I've been writing for other people, and I just finished my journalism qualification, and Mrs. actually said, "Well, why don't you start doing something so you can do things your own way?" So I did, and I believe the first issue was cut and paste. Photo, you know, photo, literally photocopied after work and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, April ninety eight. Wow, that is that is that is properly old school. That is going back in the day. Um, yeah, yeah. So, um, and and I, I guess you've come full circle because because um, you you stopped the printed version fairly recently. Yeah, we. Well, it's about uh, shit. Let's see. It must be two thousand and. Eight when we did our last printed version, but we were doing sort of um, between 2008 and 2012, 2013, maybe we were doing uh, free downloadable issues, and there's still some on the site which you can just download. We did this PDF, um, which we just download for free because my big thing is always I wanted to make the magazine free, but with print costs and advert costs and everything else, yeah, nothing ever weighed up, so you have to actually charge for it. So, yeah. But it's the print cost that actually pushed it out of being able to release a print magazine because it was the same with everybody. The costs went through the roof. Uh, between one issue and the next issue, the costs doubled, so we just couldn't afford to do it because I didn't want to charge people £5 a magazine. You know what I mean? That's insane. So, Double, doubling yeah. the costs on you. And, and what was that? Was that, was that, just, was that just the printers? Was that the, the it was printed, paper costs? It was printed, it was shipping, it was all sorts of different things. So, I mean, we, we're... We'd have it printed in a central location, and then we'd have 
X amount of copies shipped out to the Netherlands and X amount of copies shipped out to the States and we'd keep X amount of copies here. Yeah. Um, roughly a third of each run went out to those places. Um, and the shipping went through the roof because petrol costs went up, uh, print costs went up because they needed to keep up with other people. It was just, it was insane. It, we went from having to pay, you know, say, uh, four and a half grand for the issue to paying nearly 10 grand for it. And it was just, it was impossible to do. That's so just... we switched to just doing stuff on the web. Yeah, yeah. So, so basically, it, it was a movie you were kind of forced into more than anything else. Oh, completely, absolutely. I mean, I'd still be doing print stuff now if I could. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because it, it, once, it, once that stuff gets in your blood, it stays in your blood forever. Yeah, but, yeah. I know, I, I know exactly what you're talking about, mate. I mean, yeah. you know, I'm, you know, I, I used to go down to, I used to go down W H Smiths and, you know, read Kerrang and I used to, used, used to, used to buy it religiously. Uh, then I, then I took to going, going down and reading through it and seeing if we were in it, if we were in it, I'd buy it, and if we weren't, I wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> Thing is, Kerrang, it was, it was really sort of all right back in. Uh, the early 80s to mid 80s, you know what I mean? And when he was, I only started covering Thrash, but Metal Forces always did it so much better. Yeah, yeah. And it was, so I was, once you discover Metal Forces, you're like, who wants the poses in Kerrang? <laughs> yeah. Because you mean the teenage, you don't know any different back then, do you? So stuff. But also, the thing with Kerrang and what they had on everything, what everybody was that they were weekly, and, you know, Metal Forces was, right. was monthly, and sometimes. Right. You know, it wasn't exactly definitely monthly, and it was, and sometimes it would be, you know, you'd be able to find it, and sometimes you wouldn't. Um, right, it was always like record store based. So you know, I mean, I, I'd have to go into like 12 or 5 miles to get my copy at least, or and then, and then they'd pay my hard as it gets. So you have to go to Cardiff, which is, you know, a 20 mile journey. And when you're, you know, 15, 16, it's not all that easy to do, but you do it because you want to read the magazine, you know, and that's what you do. I yeah, I mean, I think that, that I mean, Metal Forces um, always felt like more of a fanzine because it was, it, you know, it essentially was. It was, it was fans who turned into journalists rather than uh, music journalists who quite liked heavy metal. Right, but I know. I guess that's why I liked it because it was, it was a much more honest magazine. Cause you Quran, and they were always running pay for play features. You know what I mean? Because one week there'd be a cover of prints on it. it was actually, there was actually a cover of Quran. Kerrang actually had a print on one of their covers. And I'm not denigrating prints at all because great musician, but did he belong in Kerrang? I don't think so, you know? So... Yeah, well, you know, there is that famous issue in the 90s where they had uh, Oasis on the cover, isn't there? And you knew you knew it was definitely over by then. Did they? I mean, I stopped reading Kerrang! at the end of the 80s. I have no... They had, they had Oasis on the cover. Yeah, in the 90s, yeah, which is just frightening. <laughs> frightening. <laughs> But um, so you, I mean, you guys cover you cover all sorts of music. I mean, obviously it's more on the right. it's more on the like harder edge of metal and 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 punk and crossover and stuff like that. Right, do, right. Do you do you have any kind of sort of you know? Is it just you just feature who you like? Um, you know what? Or is there a sort of right? No, we we're not going to feature them because. Well, we just I guess we kind of feature who we like when we will. Listen to any kind of musical bands. I mean, bands we won't feature tend to be not featured because they, because uh, they have political ideology maybe, and you know, right. they bring up some kind of repulsive ideas which we don't personally agree with. And so that kind of slates a view towards their music. So what's the point in us doing it? You know what I mean? We we can't 
give anything like that an honest opinion because bias comes into it. But it's more the stuff we were brought up on, I guess. So it's hardcore and thrash and power metal and, and punk rock. So, yeah. Yeah. We I'm... are geared towards that sort of market. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, 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 definitely. And um, uh, do, do, you have, do you tie in with Epafest at all? Uh, right. No, not only our old, uh, one of our staffers, Martin, who was at one point our devastator, he lives in the Benelux. So he did a lot of stuff with Epa and he did a lot of stuff with um, Grows Rock, those kinds of things. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just, so no, we, I mean, I, we know, I, hardcore scene is, is a really small place, believe it or not. Yeah. Um, globally and everybody sort of knows each other or if you don't know somebody you know somebody who does know them so I mean we know the guys who are heavily involved with Epa and they know us mainly through association you know because when you get to <coughs> wrong side of 40 <coughs> right side of 50 <laughs> you kind of um, you know and you've been to somebody so you just make your own networks and, and people I guess that was the way we came up because we made a network because we did everything the old-fashioned DIY way and everything was network. We just sort of stuck on, stuck to that, and keep hold of it. I guess. Well, yeah, and and it's right what you say about it being a small world because, um, yeah. you know, I mean, I'm I'm amazed. Um, you know, coming coming back with the band and the amount of people that that I that you know that bump into and it's like, oh yeah, you know, we're, well, you know, so and so, yeah, well, I know him through. And I was like, oh bloody hell, you know, it's it's it it, it always amazes me. Um, and now and now it's more it, now it's more actually just getting the getting the um, the children of of of, pe- of people coming up and saying, oh well, that's my dad or that's my mum. <laughs> Well, my dad had your record, you know what I mean? And oh, to, fucking hell, you didn't have to say that, did you? <laughs> well, yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's like that, you know. My dad read your magazine, I do. You know what I mean? He read it back in 1998. Oh, fucking old your dad, like. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, but that's, that's the thing. When you go on the shows these days, you, you understand at the back, not because you don't want to dance, but because you're fucking back and your knees have given out years ago and you can't dance. <laughs> So you just stand there and nod your head. Oh, I know, I know, I know. I make, it's like you're making notes, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, I know what you mean. Well, I, I, I've got to be honest. I'm, it's not often I get down the front these days. Um, uh, but I'm, I'm, but you know, I'm, I'm, I'm more about chucking myself around on stage than, uh, than, than off stage. Um, oh, mate, you would do it like, like when you played hobos, you were doing stuff. That I was thinking, oh, you know, there's this guy, you know. If I did that, I'd be, I'd be rubbing Bengay at my knees for the next six months. <laughs> well, I uh, look. Uh, no, no wife, no kids. That really that that helps. See, that's the difference. <laughs> yeah, uh, honestly, mate, I, I swear it is. It is the difference. It is the difference. Right. But um, right. you know, hey, that's just that, that that that's just the way you know life's turned out. Um, but um, I noticed you had a I, I, you had an article about um, about Moose's new project, Moose from Bullet for My Valentine. Right. Well. Like I said, small town, everybody knows. Small scene, which is an even smaller town. Yeah. Um, and one of the guys, one of our staff, like is Ian, is a great friend of Moose. So he mean he knows everything's going on Moose. So Moose said, can you run this first? And Ian said, can we do it? And he's like, yeah, not problem at all. Cause 
yeah. something you want to do something they're cool with us we'll be cool with them you know yeah no definitely i mean i've and i'm i'm sure as i'm sure like you i've i've heard a couple of like you know early bits and pieces from the studio and it's um yeah it's sounding it's sounding fucking heavy as hell it is going to be something special you know i mean i don't know what that went down with the band and with him i don't want to know that yeah Well, the thing is, it's it's all yeah. You just can't you can't um, because you you well as it is you're involved because you've printed an article. So right. in the bullet camp, you'll have been seen to be pro them and uh, uh, pro him and anti them. Right, know. exactly. But at the same time, I'm not pro anybody or anti anybody. Yeah. Or we're not rather. It's just if they ask us to do something similar, it'd be like okay, yeah, we'll do that for you. But it's about who asks us to do what. You know what I mean? And we're not. It's not like. Not that I want to size anybody because that stuff is re- that kind of stuff with bands it always gets really personal and humorous. Like when yeah, after yeah. they went the first time, it must have been there must have been some wounds that were left to sort of fester. Oh, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, I, I I I talk about that when I do my spoken word shows, which is right. you know, um, I mean, not not to any extent where like any names are mentioned, but yeah, I mean, you right. know, when you get people, when you get people, you know, well, you know, you've been in a band, and you know, yeah. it, it, it's. It, it, yeah, when you when you're together for that amount of hours, they, you know things are gonna things are gonna fester and things are gonna kick off now and again. Oh yeah, because people natural. I mean, my natural tendency is that I, I don't suffer fools gladly, and I'm not saying that any of the guys I was in the bands with bands with fools. But if somebody does something that irritates me, I kind of focus on that, and that's sort of why I. Yeah, to the band much anymore because I can't be in the close room with people. I, I, I was, was going to say you sound you sound like the exact kind of perfect person to not be in a band. Yeah, well, <laughs> this is it. I, I, I did it um, oh, for about eighteen months. The band, I, the band split early this year, so just to play fast, really fast hardcore. Yeah, and it got to a point where um, I'm sitting in my house on a Sunday afternoon, thinking I'm watching a documentary about roller coasters, or I can go and rehearse the band and I'm not enjoying doing that as much as I am doing my own thing so well that, that's, that's yeah I mean and, and you did exactly the right thing um, yeah and you know ultimately yeah you've got you got to do what makes you happy right and it, but you know there's no point in dragging anybody else through the mission and dragging it out and then thinking oh well because you're just going to make everybody else unhappy and yeah. that's the last thing I wanted to do because these guys are friends and they're still friends and I wanted to keep that friendship rather than flog something to death, which didn't need to be. Yeah. So, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so, mo- so most of your day has got, surely has got to be spent combing through emails from like thrash hardcore bands from all over the world saying, please feature us or labels doing exactly the same. Right. It, yeah. Yeah. And it's increasingly difficult because we're getting on average maybe 50, 60 records in a day. Fucking hell. And to try and siphon that down to what we can actually do and devote time to is really, really difficult. Yeah. So you've just got to go, okay, what do we know? What don't we know? And if we know something, if we can listen to something and give a, a, a an honest opinion about it and with a little bit of 
knowledge behind it, that's what we'll focus on rather than something that we don't know anything about. Yeah. So that's kind of the way. And and unfortunately, that is that is the way of things. I mean, it's you know, um, yeah. people in bands who are starting out and everything. That's the, that's the last thing I want to hear. But the, unfortunately, this this comes with um, what happens when um, any band can record something and put it out. You know, and, and I'm yeah. not I'm not saying I'm not saying the old days were better. I'm not saying this is better. I mean, it's just the fact that back in the day, you'd have, you know, you would have had. Um, X amount of labels sending you X amount a month, whereas now it is literally any fucker can send you anything and call it an album. Right, but uh, back in the old days, right, if you if, if for a label to hear about a band, that band had to get out there and play a ton of shows first. They had to build up some sort of credibility. Yeah. Now bands are just going. Well, we formed a month ago. We've written five or six songs. We've not played a show. Let's record them and bring them out and call it an EP. And that's that's not an EP. If you can't reproduce that live, if you can't get out there and make me want to go, okay, you're a great live band. I don't really think you should be putting out a record. Yeah, you know, I've seen a shitload of shows over the years, so you've got to be something special to impress me. Well, well, what? what? Uh, I'm trying to sound arrogant. It's just I've seen all the moves. You know what I mean? And I've seen, yeah, yeah, just like you have. You know, yeah. we we know what we're going to see when we see a band. Yeah, absolutely, and I think um, it's it's like you say, you know, it's it's people. The stuff that you're gonna, the stuff that's gonna catch your eye is gonna be the right. I recognise that name. I, I, yeah. For, for so, and it, you might not even know why, but that's that's enough for you to go right. Okay, I'm gonna give this a listen, and that is why you need to be out there doing more than, like you said, you know, oh, we've been together six months and we've put this EP out, we've recorded five songs, we haven't played any gigs. And it's like, well, yeah. what you've got there is a really well-produced rehearsal. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's what we used to call a demo. Send it off, which people used to trade, in, you know, by mail. Yeah. That's how people heard about bands, because we used to trade this stuff by mail. Now it's like, here's our Facebook page, invite all your friends, get all your friends, stuff like that. And then you've built up an instant profile without having actually done anything to earn your stripes. My, that uh, sounds terrible, yeah. uh, but my, it's just the way... My favourite, my favourite is the, um, is the, is the band who's got like, they've got the, they've got the band photos, they've got the logo, right. they've got, well, they've got the name, they've got the logo, they've got the photos, they've got the merch, they've got, uh, no music to listen to and haven't done a gig yet. I know. Um, who, who told them that was a good idea? You know? Well, it's just, it's just, yeah, but it's just rampant ego, isn't it? It's, it yeah. is just, it is just rampant ego, and um, you know, uh, and and that's that's what happens when you know a bunch of egos get together and have internet access. <laughs> <laughs> and it's also, but but you know, when we when we start going to shows and stuff, if if you would people would heck our bands, you know, if they didn't like them, bands would get off and they would talk to you, and they, you know, there was a relationship you had with. Band, they play. Everybody would play smaller clubs. They crash at people's houses. You do all this kind of stuff, and now it just seems like that whole underground network is starting to disappear. It's being replaced by some sort of digital monstrosity that has no relevance or bearing on what things used to be like. Well, I, t- I tell you what. Instead of just sounding like a couple of old whinging cunts, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't. Uh, what, I, what I do want to ask is, right, who are some of the bands that have impressed you recently? That oh, uh, recently, 
yeah that, um, that you know be it new or old whatever or like you know bands that you've discovered or people listening to this where you go look I urge you to check these guys out because mm-hmm. they're doing something worth seven days a week every hour a day municipal waste <laughs> <Absolutely> <laughs> right. Band, right? Um, from their first album to their current album they've not put a foot wrong Ensiferum another incredible band because when we listen to Metal Now it's going to be completely over the top and overblown and Shia Terra, who've recently done a reunion and come back, they are punching so far above their, above everybody at the moment. They are just incredible. And their last uh, EP, uh, Paul and the Family, it's on Reaper Records. Everybody should check that out. It's absolutely incredible. And like John Joseph's new band, you heard Blood Clot? Um, I, I've heard a little bit, but I, I'm not sure if it was if it was pre-release stuff or whether it was off the oh, album. Mate, that record is fantastic. Just like and the um, it, it, there's just so much great stuff coming out in the hardcore scene at the moment. It's, it, 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 the beat tracks again. That's um, Brian Baker from Bad Religion side band. Sorry, what was, it, what was the name of the band? Beat tracks. Right. Okay. They're on Bridge Nine. They released an EP. It's uh, it just sounds like really, really fast old school DC hardcore. Really good, just fantastic. Oh, that's awesome, man. Um, but, sorry. No, no, no. Carolyn or Natteras? Have you heard them? Um, who? Who? Natteras, uh, oh. as in like the Natteras band. I think they're from up north somewhere, uh, Leedsway. Right, okay, like shit. The, well, I should have known about them, no. Sort of like, sort of like the Dead Kennedys uh, and Big Boys got a really sort of jangly, angry guitar stuff going on. One of the best punk bands you'll hear in a long time. Maybe the best punk bands we've got in the UK in the last five years. Oh, well, that's, that's definitely got my attention. Natterus. Natterus, they're called. Um, the album's on, I think, Boss Tunage. And as for, I mean, there's... We've got some great local bands because we're kind of spoiled on here. We've got um, Bad Sam, who used to be the Cowboy Killers. Uh band called Question the Mark, who do the sort of hot war music, Florida thing really, really well. Um, Drunk Marks, when they used to be rectified. There's a lot of great punk bands coming out from down this way. Yeah. All my mate's band, Nicotine Pity, who do the, the glam rock thing. Sort of rock, punk rock thing, you know what I mean? New York Dollsy. Yeah. Except, you know, they're not exactly in the same looks <laughs> as the New York um, Dolls. Oh right? my god, it's Tiger Tails all over again. Oh, mate, 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 mate. They, make, they make Tiger Tails like the, like the prettiest band you've ever seen. <laughs> oh, brilliant. But they're nice guys and they play good music, so, you know, you can always buy a pint and look at the floor while you listen to them play. Well, that 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 also sounds like Tiger Tales, um, <laughs> and I I speak as I speak as somebody who's performed on stage with Tiger Tales at least three times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think another band that completely passed me by because by the, when they were coming up with the big hair and all that kind of stuff, it was the furthest thing from my mind. You know, because I just discovered thrash and I was listening to hardcore and I was listening to punk rock and all. I was thinking, was oh, good grief, look at you, you know? Yeah, and it, it's a terrible jaded sort of thing for any teenager to think well blah, blah, blah. but you don't realise how hypocritical you're being I mean, look at you and look at you you scruffy little turd you know 
Well, it's uh, yeah, I, lo- I know exactly what you mean. But funnily enough, I mean, uh, we we because we were on the same label as Tiger Tales, we bumped into them a yeah. few times, and they were just they we had we had more in common with Tiger Tales than most thrash bands because they just right. they didn't give a shit. I mean, yes, they like got all dolled up and all that, but they didn't give a fuck. Pepsi Tate was one of the one of the the great people of the scene back in the day. Um, I remember him bumping into him at Donington when I was down there one right. year. It was eleven in the morning, and he was absolutely pilled off his head. Um, <laughs> and and um, and yeah, I mean, I I got up and did Creeping Death and and P cells, but who's buying with him a few times? And they were they were just such a fucking laugh. They used to come see us. We used to go and see them. And um, yeah, I mean, they really were one of one of the bands that we we were kind of busy mates with. Um, right. And but again, like I said, we I think it was just that recognizing, you know, in each other that just not giving a shit. Um, right, 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 and that's I guess what I found when you know you you start discovering like crossover hardcore, you discover like a like-minded bunch of people who you know encourage you to be whatever you want to be, but at the same time share a similar mindset, and you that sort of stays with you, I guess. Yeah, and and it, it's funny because I I'm. I mean, I've said this a few times on the podcast, so I apologise to everyone who's hearing it again. Oh. But um, I, you know, we used to get we used to get a lot of punks at our shows, and and right. and I always used to ask, like, you know, other thrash bands if they got punks, and they were like, no. And and it, and I mean, like, Watty from the Exploited used to turn up at Edinburgh venue. He'd always be on the guest list, come in, sit at the back, watch the set, and leave. I've never met the guy. Um, right. He's seen us at least five or six times, and. Um, I, um, I it always used to I always used to kind of like wonder why, and then it, it over the years I kind of realised that punks used to come and see us because, um, you know, when we played live, it, it again it was that don't give a shit attitude, which is which is a punk ethos. Yeah, but well, you get up there and you leave it all, you let it all hang out. You play, you get off the stage, and you go, you know, and you just go and have a drink with everyone else. Yeah, because it's just what you do. You know, you, just because you're in a band, it doesn't mean make you any difference to anybody else and that, I, that it's that camaraderie I think that encouraged me to do the bad thing first of all and yeah, maybe I'm... I would never go at it and like you say you know, I am probably the last person who should ever be in a band <laughs> <laughs> but no you're right I mean we uh, you know I, I even remember saying in interviews back in the day you know we 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 we, we, we want people to see the stage as just an extension of of the floor, you know, and and, right, ulti- and right. ultimately, you know, I we I want to be one of the like the the ultimate. Yeah, we can do this kind of band. As in, people come and see you and go, yeah, we can do that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And 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 because you know, I mean, for a good few years before you know we were performing on those stages, we were going to the same gigs. I mean, I went to see Nuclear Assault in um, in nineteen eighty seven at. Um, uh, Sheffield University. Um, the Boys Slayer. Uh, no, 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 no. This is this is um, this is just after they had, they only had um, Game Over out at the time. And, right, um, so that'd be just on the brink of that. be the brink of the brain death twelve inch, wouldn't it? Uh, yeah, around then. So it was it was nineteen yeah. it was nineteen eighty July nineteen eighty seven. I went to right. see them, um, and by the end of you know October eighty eight, we're on tour with them. Those 
Ah, and right. Talking about. Yeah, yeah, it, 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 yeah. I mean, that's a little bit of that's a little bit of gilding the lily there. What happened was, oh, I, yeah, I of course it is. But uh, if you don't do it, you know, it's, it's a good way to get publicity. Well, I mean? well, like... well, it was close to the truth. What happened was um, uh, Maria Ferrero, Metal Maria at, um, at right. Megaforce, sent me a copy yeah. of the M.O.D. album before it had come out, the first album. And she sent right. me a copy of that and she said, um, uh, Scott from Anthrax has asked me to send you a copy of this um, in exchange for a copy of your Moshkinstein demo. Right. Okay. So, so it was. Do you know what I mean? That's just fair enough. So, did you? So, you sent off for one of the original demos as well, did you? Yeah, 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 yeah. I am that fucking old man. Jesus, fucking. Well, yeah. Your the, the the letter with your your cash or check in it would have would have come through my mum and dad's letterbox, and that and that, oh. and that would have been me putting everything together and posting it back to you. See, so, yeah, that that. See, it all comes full circle. It's like my old days get really pissed off at me because I did the tape trading thing through Metal Forces. You know what I mean? That, that pen banger thing. Yeah. And uh, so every day there'd be like tapes coming through the letterbox. Where are these bloody things coming from? Who the fuck signed these to you? You know? And so you'd be upstairs copying tapes and sending them back frantically. And it was, it was mental. Do you, do you realise that you, you sent that envelope to me 30 years ago? <laughs> I am feeling so old now. <laughs> but, well, don't I mean, we're probably around the same age. I mean, I'm 48. How old are you? Uh, just a bit younger than you, so 46. Ah, oh, well, there you go. You see, it could be worse. You could be yeah. fucking me. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, it could be fucking worse for you because of my fucking knees. Like, here we go. We're going to get into one of those old men. Hey, <laughs> how are you? How are you? Oh, look, I've 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 had an ACL reconstruction. That'll that'll do. That is my that's my. Oh, uh... oh you poor bastard! I I, I was supposed to have two cleanouts, but I, I just can't can't face it. So it's like I keep putting them off and putting them off and putting them off. You know, the last happens actually. Yeah, but, yeah uh, well, by by the time you get round it, they'll just fucking replace them, won't they? Just take them out and stick a couple of plastic ones in. See, I like that idea. I like I like you know being part bionic man because I can hear the music for a six million dollar man. I can't believe I can. I can't believe I can fucking remember the music. Jesus. Well, that's the thing because shows are much better back then. You, I bet you, you can remember the music Charlie's Angels too. Um. Oh, fucking hell. Uh. Oh, was that the Charlie's Angels theme? You never know. But I, I, you know, or at least the Dukes of Hazard. You remember that one? I bet you. Oh, I, I do. I remember the Dukes of Hazard. Or um, fucking. Oh, and the four guy. Oh, da- Daisy Duke. More importantly, I remember about. Oh. Uh, I remember about that particular oh. TV show. Mate, the, 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 the number of nights Daisy Duke's popped in. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm not even getting it. <laughs> per, per, um, for, forever in the bank. Lodge <laughs> <laughs> firmly away. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so, um, so uh, what? Uh, getting back to getting back to music. Um, yeah. uh, what are, What are some of the highlights over the years for you of you uh, of of you know whether it's you know going to a festival and representing the uh, you know the the magazine there or particular interviews yeah. people we that you've been able get, to get like you know press packs for festivals and you work like backstage. Once you were backstage at a festival where they've got. Um, Good food, good beer, clean toilets. You never want to be a paying fine driver again. <laughs> you know, you just you just never want to do it. Um, but I guess highlights of fest- festival highlights were um, meeting the incredibly strange wrestling guys. Uh, getting into what was it, 
download on, on no effects guest list and then being pushed into that Metallica secret show. Oh fucking hell, that must have been pretty smart. Yeah, that was that was that was kinda cool. I mean there's been you know, I've met some fucking incredible people over the years, like Dave Brocky from Guar who was Odus Urungus. Yeah. He was one of the funniest guys I've ever met. And he went from being, you know, somebody I saw on Guar's first show to actually becoming a friend. And when oh man, when he died it was just heartbreaking. You know what I mean? Yeah. So back in um funny enough, meeting the Blood Ant Gang guys and being offered a shitload of gay porn after drinking beer with them. <laughs> uh, um and just getting to meet people who you you know, you really respect and you really wanna like and you really wanna think, please don't suck, please don't suck and they don't suck. They're really good guys. Yeah. You know, like again like Paul Bear from Sheer Terror, Roger Meary from Agnostic Front and uh Jay Bentley from Bad Religion and Greg, Greg Raffin from Bad Religion, just really good, solid folks who, you know, you love their music and personally, they're just great people. So, yeah, I mean, so many shows, so many great memories. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And I, I, I hear you about festivals, man. It is, yeah. it, it, it is definitely one of those things. Oh, once you've been back there and you think, this is how the other half of it. Look at this toilet, this toilet's clean, this toilet's got carpet. Right? <laughs> you're not banging around in some pokey little thing with a with a pot that ten thousand people have shining before you. You know these toilets are clean. There are nice chairs to sit in. People are being pleasant to each other. Nobody wants to beat the crap out of your back here. That's the kind of thing I like. It, it, and so you just get spoiled for it. Yeah, it, it is. It is how the uh, it is how the other half live. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. Well, and once you once you have a taster, you never want to go back. I can't do a tent again. I I, I could never do a tent. I'm just I'll wake up next to a bunch of people I don't know. It's, it's horrendous. Well, funnily enough, I um I I I did a I did camping um in a tent um for a festival for the first right. time for the first time this year since Donington '88. So I gave it I gave it thirty years. Right. Um, How was your back when you woke up? To be honest, it, it it wasn't bad. I was I was okay, you know. Inflatables, you know, you take them, put them all up, and all. Cookie snoring was the was the fucking worst part of the festival. To be honest with you, <laughs> uh, um, I tell you, fuck me, you, you Welsh guys can snore. Um, I'm not Welsh, mate. I just live here. Fucking hell, really? Whereabouts are you from originally, then? I'm a Scouser, mate. Really? Right. Okay. Yes, so sir. right, so, and yet you saw us in Cardiff. Yeah, I was living down here by then. I mean, I came down here. This is why I sound like I'm from Cardiff and I'm not from Cardiff. Right. I got this bloody Scouse accent mixed with the valleys, you see, right? Isn't it lovely? Yeah, fucking hell, right. You've got a proper bastardised accent there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But that's, that's what it is. So, I mean, the thing is, right, sometimes you can feel like you're Welsh, but when you've moved here, I mean, I live, we've lived where we're living for 16 years. But we'll always be the newcomers in the area, you know what I mean? <laughs> because it's that sort of mentality. It's great, and, you know, you can always rely on people, but you're always, you know, well, you're never going to be one of those guys. Yeah, <laughs> you're, all, you're always going to be an outsider. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I kind of like that. That's, that. That suits me down the ground, you know? <laughs> and it must be weird, though, because uh, um, uh, your kids won't won't be outsiders. Oh, I grew like the little, little and it's just... It's, Talking to kids, the little one's gone missing. She's with her mates out somewhere, and the, the wife's just coming in. She's like, "Where is she? Do you know?" I'm like, "Well, she'd be fine. She's with her mates." 
but yeah, so <laughs> she's going to be Welsh all the way, I think. I mean, that's what, again, it's, it's, it's funny you mention kids because she's doing that. You know, kids rebel against their parents and they stand for all right, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Well, were you only going to sport in school? Uh, no, not really. No, no, neither was I, because rock that shit. Yeah. Then, because, you know, complete rebellion is, is now on the Welsh cheerleading squad and going to the World Championships. Oh, fucking hell, that's that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, so it's kind of like, she's done everything I couldn't do, because, you know, I didn't want to, because, like, fucking very well, but... <laughs> Well, it, well, it, t- it turns out, um, it turns out, um, uh, apparently, I had uh, I had ADHD, which was never diagnosed, so um, um, and was uh, was only diagnosed this year. So, um, well, why does it, this does not surprise me in the slightest? I've, <laughs> I've seen you on stage, you know what I mean. I am not surprised by that at all. Yeah, well, there you go. It's just, I mean, a few people said, "Oh, you must, you, you know, you must wish that." Um, you'd been diagnosed back in the day and I was like I don't think I'd have got my fucking band signed to a record label when I was 17 years old if it wasn't for ADHD it's done me a lot you've been strung out on you've been strung out on Ritalin being like one day they're kind of serial killers and waiting with your polishing guns and stuff (laughs) that's what you'd have been exactly exactly without a fucking doubt Jesus (laughs) it would have just been It would have been a nightmare, brother. You know, I, so I'm not surprised. I've seen you play. So, uh, uh, yeah, fair, fair point, fair point. Um, so, what, what shows you got lined up for? Is, or does it take a, does it take a lot to get you uh, out to see a band these days? Oh, mate. Uh, well, a week next week, Moscow Death Brigade over, which is unusual because they're sort of they do what, what they call it, circle circle pit hip hop, but they're one of the most honest down to earth bands you'll ever hear. Really aggressive, really cutting rap, sort of like uh, public enemy but brought up to into the 21st century. I'm going to have to give that a listen. That sounds right on my street. What are they called again? Oh, Moscow, Moscow what? Moscow Death Brigade. Right, okay. I'm, I'm fucking they checking are. that out. Oh, mate, they are fucking awesome. Um, so they're playing a week Friday, so I'm off to them. And Madball are playing next month as well. And you've got to go see Fred, you represent every single time. Freddie and Hoy are bringing it. And on the back of their new album, which is probably their best in, I'd say, 20 years. Wow, really? Great show. Oh, you've not heard the new Madball record yet? I haven't, mate, no. Oh, mate, you you've got, you got have to rectify that straight away. Right. Literally, just just buy it, end the story, buy it. It's so good. Well, I, I, I'm, fuck me, I still remember, I still remember the first Madball 7-inch coming out. Yeah, the, the, uh, yeah, well, that was, the little one with Freddie was what? 12 maybe singing and it's like agnostic from playing with him singing yeah 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 so it's like that side project fucking we are starting to really saw in age here because it was like yeah records up it's in the store I, I yeah I I remember I bought that fucking hell I can still I still remember the cover I still it, it was like I just remember saying oh going into a local record shop and saying oh yeah it's it's like oh he's related to 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 one of Agnostic Front, it's great. Give it a listen. They put it on in the shop. I was like, right, I'm fucking having one of those. Yeah, he's Roger Murray's stepbrother. Is it oh, step. stepbrother nephew? Half brother. Half brother. He's half brother because it's right. Yeah, he's half brother. Again, it's you know, you learn all this stuff. I've learned stuff as I'm getting older. Once one one thing goes in, I got to go into something else. You know what I mean? So 
I've learned by this band, they are now off when I tie my shoes. That's how it works, <laughs> I think, you know, because you've only got limited brain capacity. <laughs> so if I have a new fact, you learn someone else has got to go. Um, are I, you driving a car? Well, I, you know? I think I, I, it might be that, or it might be just too long living in Wales, mate. It's had an effect on you. It could be something like that. Something. <laughs> what did you? Um, something in the air. What did you think to um, to the last Agnostic Front album? I loved it, mate. I it, it was in my top five of the year. Because it was just it was brutally honest, and it's 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 got that thing where they just said, "Well, okay, this is what we do now," but it's like a nod to the old, you know, Lowry side crew stuff. Like it. It's just wonderful. I loved I, it. I, think, I but, mean, like the tracks like Old New York. Were just like, yeah. like you say, you could just fuck it. You could just feel the honesty coming out in those songs. Well, I, I, I knew Roger just after it came out, anyway. And again, he's one. He's a guy I'll always interview whenever. Say, oh, he's on the schedules. You want? Yeah, yeah, I want to speak to Roger because he's. There's no bullshit in this guy at all. It's just you ask him a question, you get an answer, and it's whether you like the answer or not. That's the answer you get. It. You know what I mean? He is just honest to a fault. And just sleep over. Plus, you know, who doesn't love any stigma? Dude's one in his 60s. Yeah. And completely mental. Completely I d- mental. I don't, think, I don't think he's even plugged in live these days. <laughs> I don't care. You know yeah. what I mean? I, I do not care. Yeah. Whatever drugs Vinny's having, I want them. Because <laughs> that's what I want to be like when I'm 60. You know? Happiest shit. I'm just loving life and everybody. Which is a great way to be, I guess. Yeah, no, he is. He's a, he's a, he is a bit of a legend. I've I've tried to get Roger a few times, and it and it's just it's never worked out. And and I was um I was due to interview him, was due to go to one of their gigs, and then I I wasn't able to go because I had a show, and yeah. I was just oh mate, it's where I've I've missed him a few times. I'm determined to get him next time. Nothing's stopping me. It's it's absolutely worth it. I you when you meet me, oh yeah yeah, I get it. You know, and oh, it's so. just the Everything you hear on those records, that's who he is. It's just, there's no bullshit in the guy. Oh, that's brilliant, man. That's brilliant. Well, look, Tim, it's been an absolute yep. pleasure. It's been an absolute <laughs> pleasure. It really has. Thank you so much for coming on and taking the time out. No problem, brother. I'll see you in the next show, then. I'll see, I'll see you when we're in Wales, dude. Yeah. Take it easy, H. Tell you buddy. too, man. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And there you go. That is my chat with Tim. Um, that was really enjoyable. Um, what can I say? Properly going down um, uh, memory lane there on a few things. And um, uh, Tim and I haven't spoken before, and you know, I, I I didn't, I wasn't aware of the acid rain connection there at all. So um, I was as surprised as you were. Hopefully, um, <laughs> hopefully that showed. Um, but do give Mass Movement um, some support if you can. Nip to the website. And, and it is just, it's a treasure trove of, um, of stuff. And you heard plenty of bands in there that you need to go and check out, um, which I am going to do as well. I haven't had a chance to yet. As I said, that interview was recorded uh, um, uh, very uh, very recently and I haven't had the chance. But um, no, please do. Anyway, look, time's cracking on and the police are coming round. So um, I, I've got to wind this up. That's got to be the best reason I've ever had. Um, for winding up the podcast. Yep, that's right. The pigs are coming round. Don't call them the pigs, Howard. That's disrespectful. I'm sorry. I'll try not to call them the pigs when they come round. You've done it again. I do apologise. Okay, I'm sorry. The local constabulary. That's right. I think his name's Oliver, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Oliver. Right, okay. Get used to get used to calling him Oliver. I will. I'll get used to calling him Oliver. That way I don't say, hello, come in, Mr. Pig. 
um, or something like that. So um, I'll, probably, I'll try not to offer him a bacon sandwich either. It's just, this is fucking stupid. What What is occurring now? I'm blaming the head injury, okay? I'm performing this with a head injury. I have been suffering from concussion. Um, uh, well, I was earlier in the week, but um, yeah, I'm, get, I'm getting back on my feet. Anyway, whatever. Um, as always, it is an absolute pleasure to be in your ears. Uh, that wasn't too creepy. Um, wherever you're listening to this, whether it's on the way to work, on the way to work, on a on a treadmill in the gym, um, down the mines—is there such a thing anymore? Um, whether you're working on a NASA space program, where you're working on the bins, whether you're uh, on your way to see your girlfriend, on the way to see your boyfriend, on the way to see your girlfriend and boyfriend, um, you're uh, listening to this while the wife's out. You listen to this while the husband's out. You listen to this while the kids asleep. You listen to this while the cat's asleep you're listening to this while everyone's asleep because fuck them at least you've at last got some time to yourself just you and me uh, wherever you are whatever you're doing thank you so much for listening i really do appreciate it as always i really do um a couple of shout outs shout out to the um the thrash metal podcast um which is hosted by no friender Occasionally, for some reason, he does like to shout, and um, I, quite frankly, I love it. Um, so yeah, very different podcast to mine. No swearing. Um, so yeah, very different. <laughs> um, uh, but they made an exception for the uh, the podcast that we did together because it's only Patreon, uh, only for patrons. So that was quite cool. Um, but yeah, definitely worth checking out um, the Thrash Metal podcast. Um, it's worth checking out Jamie Jaster's podcast to just skip through the advertising bullshit. Um, and um, and if he does an advert in the middle of an interview. Um, I've got on, on my app, if I press skip, it skips forward 30 seconds. In most apps, you can set how many seconds it skips forward. And that skips past the adverts nicely. Um, but um, yeah, there's lots of cool podcasts out there, but none as cool as this, as I'm sure you'd agree. Um, I will be doing my spoken word show, um, the uh, Tales from the Book of Thrash or the Secret Secret Thrash History. That's coming up in Leeds uh, in one week's time. In fact, in six days time, I'll have done it. Uh, by this time uh, next week. This time next week, I will be um, on the motorway heading down to London from up north to see Slayer for the very last time. That's right, folks. I am going to see Slayer at Wembley Arena um, next week for the and for the very, very last time. The live metal band that I have paid to see more than anyone else. It really will be the end of an era. Um, and, um, I am, I am going to take it in. I am going to take in every song and uh, I'm not going to have one single beer. I am going to be absolutely stone cold soda, sober. I'm not going to be stone cold soda. I'm going to be stone cold sober and I'm going to take in every single one of those songs for the very, very last time live. And, um, it's going to be, um, yeah, it's going to be weird. I'm going to be going with my mate who, um, I have seen Slayer with pretty much every time. Um, every time I've seen Slayer, he has been there with me, and um, it's going to be an end of an end of an era for both of us. So um, yeah, it's. Um, I'll tell you all about it on next month's podcast. So now it's time to play out with a song, and um, this is going to be for this is from Death Row, old school thrash metal from their last, the very last album, Deception Ignored, which is a re-released through uh, Noise BMG. Now it turns out that when I did my spoken word show in London. Um, Miles came along. Remember he? Miles of um, 
uh, Dry Heave Records, who put out um, the first Acid Rain single, Plan of the Damned, on, on vinyl, which was very cool of him. And I had him, on the, uh, had him on the show because he was running an independent label. Well, he has ended up working at BMG and overseeing all of these noise thrash re-releases, you know? Creator, Sodom, Death Row, Voivod, you name it, he's been involved with all of them. So... Guess who's going to be on next month's podcast talking about all of that? Yes, it's going to be a proper old school thrash special. Really looking forward to that. So, guys, um, it, as a kind of link, this is almost professional, isn't it? As a kind of link as to um, what's going to be going on next month's uh, podcast or Bollocast, depending on what you want to call it. Um, oh, and by the way, before I go any further, I am working on the Christmas special. It will be a two-parter, and I will tell you more about that in next month, but it's, it's, it's going to be cool. Anyway, I would say that, wouldn't I? I'm not going to say it's going to be shit. So anyway, getting on, um, I decided to, um, to play you out with a song called NLYH, which is track four from Deception Ignored by Death Row, um, and it stands for Never Lose Your Humour. Now, it's the shortest track on the album. Album. Don't be misled by this song, okay? It's only just over three minutes, but there is there's a there's a nine minute song, there's an eight minute song, there's a seven minute song on the album. Um, it's very cool. It's remastered. It's even cooler if um, Miles sent it to you this week free with a load of other things to cheer you up because you've had your head kicked off. So um, anyway, without further ado, um, it's been a pleasure as always. Um, always a pleasure, never a chore. Lovely to speak to you. Take care, everyone, um, and I will speak to you next month. Here is from Deception Ignored by Death Row, NL Wild. <laughs> Oh!